Nighttime Show with your host, Stephen Kramer Glickman. Tonight, we have head writer Matt Walker. I'm Mike Glazer, your guest announcer and personal love dowel. Our special guest tonight is producer of such incredible films as American History X, Dark City, The Wedding Singer, and Final Destination, Brian Witten. And now, the only relative of Jabba the Hutt that lives in our star system, Stephen Kramer Glickman! Yeah! Bringing the motherfucking heat! What's up, bro? Great job. Yeah. You nailed it. Feeling okay about wow, it. Wow, man. It. Damn, yeah. Mike Glazer, you a bad motherfucker for real. Oh, come on. Thank you. Wow, you're uh, that was very good. That was really impressive. That was uh, that was great. I'm not going to say it was better than Robbie, but uh <laughs> well, it was better than Robbie. <laughs> but it? but I love Rob, but no, Robbie's weird in his own way when he yeah. does it. He does I his like the oh, weird Robbie. I'm Hi, Robbie. Ah. <laughs> he's like a, he's like an inflatable person, that guy. You know, yeah. he just I love that guy so much. What well, that's a, what when we had him as a Pokémon on the last nighttime show. He's like a real life Pokémon. <laughs> All right, no, no, real quick, real quick before we get into this cuz we got a lot of surprises today. Mm-hmm. We got a surprise for Brian. We got uh, a, a wonderful guest. We got uh, great things happening. Uh Glenn Laser. Um, uh, the other day I had a, uh, a, a fireball moment. Um, Ooh. Mike, you ever have one of those? You ever have a fireball moment? <sighs> Crazy stuff happens if you take fireball. Oh yeah. No, I've, the world gets better. Yeah. Things yeah. get crazier. Yeah. Matt, you ever have one of these fireball moments? Yeah, I, I have. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's uh, fun. You basically, you do two shots of fireball whiskey and then boom, everything changes. Things yeah. get better. The world heightens, uh, your, your senses, everything, man. It's crazy. It's some crazy crazy stuff uh the other day i had it happen i was over at uh at um boston market you know this place boston market boston market oh it's so good right mm-hmm. i was oh, over yeah. at boston market in burbank nice uh you know wandering around having a like, little boston market sat down had some of that cornbread you like that cornbread it's the best oh it's so good there, the nobody makes cornbread as good as boston market the best no, it was so delicious so i'm sitting there having a pot pie and a little boston market and i decide uh, i'm gonna go to uh use the uh, the old uh restroom right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i go over but it's closed they say you have to go around back Okay, I said, go around mm-hmm. back. So I wander around back behind Boston Market. Yeah, I walk. I, this is after I start, you had your fireball. This is after I'd had some fireball shots. Mm-hmm. I go, I go around back behind Boston Market, and I start wandering by behind uh, uh, Jamba Juice. A couple of these places, mm-hmm. I start yep. seeing a uh, little forest. I go through the trees, oh, and what do I there. see? What do I see? Huh. There's a swamp out there. Do you know this? There's a Burbank swamp. Whoa, it's a lock, yeah. is what they refer to it as. Yeah, and uh, and I look out there out there in the water and guess what i saw guess what i saw buddy what i saw a loch ness monster oh really the yeah. loch ness monster. two fireball shots in i see the loch ness monster i look out there and i go uh excuse me um are are you the loch ness monster oh yeah oh my wow. how's it going wow the, you're so friendly well, yeah, a lot of people think I'm not, but I, it's nice to talk to somebody. I, it must be so lonely out here out in the forest of Burbank in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, nobody comes out here except land developers, but, you know, I always got to hide from them. Well, you don't have to hide from me, buddy. It sure would be nice to, to be best friends. Do you think we could be best friends? I don't know. What are you doing out here? Well, I was uh, eating Boston Market for lunch. 
Oh, my uh, God, they're cornbread. Right, they're cornbread. So good. And uh, then I had a couple of shots of Fireball whiskey. You ever had any Fireball whiskey? Oh, man, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, I, I work, I get Fireball whiskey all the time. You know, if you want it, we can have some Fireball whiskey moments together. Oh, man. You mean this? I do. You mean this? I do. And then here's what happened, Matt. Mm-hmm. We, um, we drank that Fireball whiskey together, and then we made sweet love. Whoa, wow. wow. Yeah. And Did was, you ever ask the Loch Ness monster why he wasn't in the Loch Ness? You know, I just I just said, guess what? Now we're best friends. And then we were and we made love. That's beautiful. It was that's a true story. Are are you gonna marry him? Um well we'll see. It's not a him, it's it's like a it sort of um mm. Anyways, the point is, is that when you drink Fireball whiskey, amazing things happen. So, uh, yeah, you met Loch Ness. I met the Loch Ness. I I made love to the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> and then we uh, shared some Boston Market cornbread, and it was super good. Hey, before we get started, Brian, Brian, can you hop on mic? Hello, uh, <laughs> Brian. Brian is our phenomenal sound guy, producer. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, we just heard the great news that you were on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. The people saw you on the Comedy Bang Bang. Yes. I That's appeared, awesome. Uh, in the third and fourth seasons of that show. Oh, my God. Amazing, man. Congratulations. That's huge. Thank you. Okay. So me and Matt, were having a he real conversation. Yeah, no, I know. Point. This <laughs> is skeptical. Uh, uh, is it true that you are in a relationship or are you single? I'm single. See, oh. I told you. You're right. Okay. I, I was wrong. I thought you had a girlfriend. I told you, Matt. I, thought- I told you. I thought he had a girlfriend. Hi, Rita. How are you? Rita, the the Hello. the woman who runs this phenomenal... Will you say hi for one second? Just, just say a quick <laughs> hi to everybody. Hi, sexy motherfucker. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, Rita. I'm sorry if I yeah. just cockbuck. Oh, is that Glazer? Hi. He just yeah. quit his job here. Yeah, I know. Because he's heard. going on to huge things. Uh, yes. He's amazing talent. He's catapulting out. I know. He's we great. love this guy. It was all the best part of, of my job. No, we love you, Glazer. Love you. I just need a fucking box of donuts, glazed donuts. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. Love you guys. I love you, Rita, so much. She's the greatest there ever was. Okay, so I was or wrong. There ever will be. Yeah, I told you. All right, so here's the deal, uh, uh, buddy, buddy boy. Here's the deal, Brian. I um, uh, I have a, I have a, a lady I want to hook you up with. Um, she's a very attractive lady, and uh, we were talking the other day, and I want to, I want to hook you up. Is that possible? Would you let me hook you up with a lady? Uh, <laughs> uh, side unseen. Yeah, I'm gonna nice. show you a picture. Hang on, I'm gonna show you a picture. That's good trust. And then we're gonna, yeah. and then I'm gonna do this right now. While, while, uh, I'm flattered. Uh, by the way, I thought you you had uh, teed me up before. Like I'm gonna ask you a question on the air. I'm gonna save it for when you're on the air. And yeah, it, uh, he thought it was gonna go terribly wrong. Yeah, no, I'm gonna uh, here, guys. This is a real thing that's really happening right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over and show him here. Show mm-hmm. him this picture. You tell me if this is someone you would go out with on a date. All right, we're waiting. Here we go. Um, yeah, would you go out with her? No. Uh, s- certainly. All right, I'm gonna we're gonna call her right now, and I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her, and uh, uh, let's uh, pause. What's her name? Uh, her name you, is. Well, wait, one. hang on, hang on. Let's <laughs> pause the show real quick. Can we pause it? Surely. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get this thing figured out uh, with with our our lady friend here. Mm-hmm. We uh, we're we're gonna try to call her. We tried to call her. 
She didn't answer the phone. We're going to wait for her to call back, see if, uh, see if something happens there. Um, but right now, we have uh, a guest here in studio. I am so excited about this. I've been trying to get you to come do this show for a while. But uh, to your credit, you've always said you would come do it. But timing is everything, especially in your business. You're working all the time. You're always kicking so much ass. Um, people uh, may know some of the movies that you've produced on and worked on. Um, American History X. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the Wedding Singer, Dark City, um, so many other phenomenal Final Destination, so many other great movies. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have Brian Witten in the room. Yes. Uh, thank you. Hi, buddy. Uh, yeah. How are you? Well, good to see you. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And so everyone cool. else. So cool that yeah, you're yeah. here. Phenomenal you're here. What's, what's happening with you right now in your in your life? What's going on with you right now? Right. Um, like what? What was today? What was today like for you? Today, um, with my partner Jeff Krellitz, who owns Heavy Metal. You know the magazine Heavy Metal. Of oh, course, yeah. such yeah. a badass magazine. Great magazine, and uh, I grew up on it. Like in particular, I grew up on uh, loving comic books. But what was great about Heavy Metal was that it had a lot of let's be honest, like boobs. tits, boobs, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and violence. So when I would go to the comic book store. I could buy all my Marvel and DC stuff, but my parents wouldn't really pay attention to heavy metal. So yeah. there's a lot of pussy, you know. Yeah. I yeah. like it. It's great. It was great. It's Good such stuff. a great. You guys had the best booth at Comic Con, too. And so you're, you co. So, do you co own the company? No, no, no. Or you my, co- my buddy Jeff does. I'm you, the president. You're the of, president uh, of the company. company. Oh, my God. I mean, it's in amazing. the movie, Heavy Metal, the movie from back in the 70s, whenever that was, like when I saw that, I was about 19, like a sophomore in college or whatever. And it was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, and were was you like, sober? Yeah, you oh, were. Wow. wow. Yeah, I, I didn't start drinking until I was twenty-one, so I was oh, totally okay. sober when I saw it. But it was like, I was like, this is such a cool movie, and it's like they like because you don't think of animated movies when you're an adult as being things that aren't just for kids, especially yeah, at that time because you know this came out in the seventies when the movie was released, right? I think so. Yeah, like seventy-nine, something like that, Yeah. yeah. Such so, I mean, a, such a, at that era, it was like they, you know, an animated movie would be, you know, Pinocchio or whatever. It was like right. a whole, it was like a different thing. Yeah. Now, was yeah. Kevin and Eastman had, involved in that in the film, or was he? Was he involved in any of that? No, that was before he. That was before he got involved. It, yeah. yeah, that's so badass. But we had a, yeah. today. We we just had meetings on heavy metal and met with an, a, a studio about doing an animated series and <laughs> other things pertaining to it so god that would awesome. make so much sense to do to do that right now that's the with this culture right now the way that people are uh at, like people are so into cartoons and grown grown-ups are like so in, i mean sausage party is like oh it's great it right did, now did you guys see that oh my god it's so funny did you, oh. you haven't seen it yet i haven't seen I it i just it. i watched heavy metal oh, again I was like, dude <laughs> it's on <laughs> you're watching heavy metal the whole time <laughs> It was, no, it was great. It was hilarious. I was a good dad. I took my 16-year-old son to see Sausage Party. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good move. Yeah, yeah, right? That's badass. Do you have other kids, too, or do you have only one kid? Yeah, I have my uh, oldest son, Jonathan, is 16, and then Goldie is 13, and then Leo is 12. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bad dad, because I'll take them to any movie and whatever. <laughs> I'm the opposite of my dad. <laughs> no, that's great. That's so my dad I... did take me to see Alien when I was 14, which was awesome. That's great. That's a great movie. I went to, I got to see Pulp Fiction when it came out in the theater, and I was young. I was like 11 or 12. You been, really? You that young? I was pretty young. I saw Pulp Fiction. I was in college. Pulp Fiction came out in 1994. 94? I was... Are you sure it came out in 94? Yes. Are you positive? Because Reservoir Dogs came out in 91. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. No, if it was 94, then I was... Uh, 
I was 15 yeah. years old. I, I, I was yeah. so immature, though. I had but no that, idea what was still going Still, at 15, on. is he Pulp Fiction? Yeah. He was pretty gnarly at 15. Yeah, like, I, I, was, saw, like, I, I saw Pulp Fiction out. in the theater when it came out, opening weekend, and laughed my ass off and disturbed everyone else in the theater <laughs> because they had just saw, like, Siskel and Ebert say, oh, this is a great movie. Everybody should see it. And they didn't know what they were getting into, but I'd seen Reservoir Dogs. And that was the only videotape I owned at the time. I was in college. I had one videotape. I watched Reservoir Dogs <laughs> at least once a week for like a year and a half because there was no channels I could get on TV. Yeah. And I used to know the entire movie by heart. So I'm like, Pulp Fiction, next movie by Tarantino. Go see it. Yeah. Laugh my ass off. Everyone else is getting disturbed because I'm laughing. And my favorite part was when uh, when he says, oh, man, I just shot Marvin in the face. I start laughing. <laughs> People got so upset, they got up and left. Really? Yes. Holy shit. I walked wow. an audience before I ever did comedy. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's so great. I, um, uh, oh, I, love, I love that movie. That was great. Uh, such a yeah. great movie. So cool. But I love that you saw that at 15. I saw it yeah. at 15. And you, you know what else? Um, I saw, um, when I saw Paranormal Activity, the first one, yeah. uh, which is how you and I met. We met through Oren Pele. Pele, yeah, yep. who, who directed. Pele, Pele. Pele. Yeah, he directed those movies, right? The first one he directed. Yeah, so I, I went to the first one, and when I watched the first one, I um, when it ended and they show the little, like, this footage was recovered and there's no credits, I laughed so hard in the theater i was like this is fucking genius genius i was so happy like i couldn't tell you how happy i was i was like they committed they really committed they didn't they didn't go like and now here's the music and the credits at the end they didn't make anyone feel safe the whole room was like freaked out it was so wonderful it made me so happy yeah the first one was really good yeah it was great it was a really great movie yeah. I remember I I, uh, I didn't see it in a theater, but I had uh, just got divorced. So I went from my house, like big four bedroom house into a, a apartment, two bedroom apartment that was, you know, comparatively small. But um, so I was the only reason I'm saying size is because it scared this. That movie yeah. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. So I someone gave me the. Oh. Wait, oh, wait, hang on. Is that her? Activity. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, here we go. I we, love the ringtone, by the way. Great ringtone. We're doing, tone. trying to do a little hookup here. Okay. Answer it, answer it. Right. Hey, Mindy, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm really good, Mindy. Hey, listen, uh, you're live on the air right now. I hope that's okay. Um, are you okay with that? Um, yeah, I didn't hear what you said. I'm on the air. I said you're live on the air right now. Um, we're we're recording. We're we're recording the nighttime show, the the podcast, and um, there is a a lovely, very handsome gentleman that that we work with here. And uh, uh, you and I spoke the other day, and I was telling you there's a guy that I know that I think you would you would really enjoy, and I'd love to I'd love to make a little introduction. Is that okay? Oh, sounds great. It's very difficult to hear you though. Um, okay, well, can you hear me now? Is this kind of worked? You can kind of hear me now? Yep. All right, well, Mindy, I want to make an introduction for you to meet Brian. Brian is our sound guy and producer on the Nighttime Show. Hi, Brian. Oh, hello, Mindy. Hi, it's oh, a pleasure to meet you. Oh, I fine. I love your voice. Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Mindy, Brian is a very uh, very funny guy. He produces a stand-up show. He works on a stand-up show sometimes here at the uh, Hollywood Improv. But aside from that, he uh, he works on a TV show called Comedy Bang Bang, which is on IFC. It's a very good show. Of course I've heard of that. 
Yeah. Um, uh, let, Mindy, let's, uh, let, we're going to tell, uh, Brian, Brian, will you tell her a couple things about yourself real quick on the air? Um, where are you, where, where are you from, Brian? Well, I'm a California native born in a thousand Oaks, California. Uh, I'm, uh, this is weird to me that I'm having to do this. <laughs> I'm at work right now. Brian, you're very handsome. You have a very nice beard Brian. and I really enjoy you, Brian. And well, I really, I enjoy, I really enjoy Mindy. And I just thought you you guys would would really enjoy each other and have a nice maybe a nice time and oh, get a. Oh, that's so nice! Uh, Are you inviting me to the nighttime show? Is this going to be a date? I it it, it, it could, could be. be. Brian, what do you, what do you think, trigger. Brian? Come on, Brian, pull the fucking trigger. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I would go on a date with you uh, uh, without a doubt, especially since uh, Steven speaks so highly of you and uh, uh, you seem like a sweet person. Oh, thank you. The same to you. Is that is that something you would consider, Mindy, going on a date with our dear friend Brian? <laughs> Sure, I would take your uh, recommendation with the the highest um, confidence. There we go. We did. <laughs> we did. All right, Mindy. I'll call you back later, and I'll set you two sweethearts up. Mindy, real quick before you get off the line, tell us about uh, tell us about your app that you uh, you have coming out. Uh, Mindy created an app that's an amazing app, by the way. Oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to be able to talk about this on the air, though. Okay, well, if you're not, you you can tell uh, Brian over a glass of I'll Chardonnay. I'll private. Maybe next time uh, I'll be able to tell you. There we but go. There's lots of exciting advancements happening. Well, she's very cool. Mindy's super cool. I think you're going to really enjoy hanging out. Uh, thanks, Mindy. You're the best. And uh, Olive all right, Garden all of Garden on us. We're going to pay for Olive Garden oh, for the wow, two of you for say. dinner. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. All you can eat. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> nice <laughs> meeting you, Mindy. Bye, Bye. Mindy. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, you didn't have to sweeten the deal with Olive Garden. Yeah, there we go. Hey. Unlimited breadsticks. Cherry right? on top. Great yeah. garlic bread, apparently. That's a terrific garlic oh, yeah. bread. I'm a, I, Brian, I, next only, time. I only did that because I adore you, oh. and I and I uh, I was talking to this girl the other day, and she was like, I can't find like a nice guy who yeah. like that. I was like, I and know a great guy. Next time we do the podcast, Brian could come in and talk all about that comedy, Bang Bang. Boom. Hey. Yeah. Also, oh, that was the most millennial hookup that I've ever been a no part joke. of in my life. That's yeah. unbelievable. Tinder be damned. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was crazy. A nighttime Steve, show. Steven's a mat- matchmaker. Well, I, I, hooked, I, hooked, I hooked you up, Ryan. You did. You yes. Very lovely. Did you up yeah. with a very, very uh, lovely girl. Lovely. She yes. was very lovely. Yeah. I, I said to you, I said, "What do you think of this girl?" You said, uh, "She's very attractive." Comic Con last year. Yep. And great. I went to her. I said, "What do you think of this guy?" And I like, I paired them up. Nice. Yes. Very nice. We had to be careful because she was there. Can we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, she was on it. We don't have to say her name, but she was there on a date with a guy. But the guy was a douchebag. Oh, he was such a fucking douchebag. Douchey. Like douchey in douchebag in, oh. in, in Sausage Party. Yeah. Total douchebag. And so then we kept hanging out all night, I mean, with Steven and yeah. the douchebag and her. And he would disappear, and then I could go over and talk to her because yeah. I wasn't allowed to be seen next to her because it was causing problems. <laughs> oh, so it was he so could sense great. it too. Nice. So I trying yeah. to be, it was sensitive to it. Yeah, we by the were. end of the night, it was over. Like yeah. their their thing was over, and Brian was. We uh, were texting while yeah. they were on their date. Ah, that's great. It's never a good sign. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it is. Person. was for him. Well, I'm just saying that's a sign of a date going bad. If the girl's <laughs> texting the whole time, it's a bad sign. Yeah. I love it. I love well. it. Thanks for playing around with us, Brian, yeah. and letting that happen. Oh no! Uh, thank you, Steven. 
Catherine. That was a nice view. It was flattering, and um, I will. Uh, She's a gorgeous, very gorgeous girl. She liked your it. voice. Too. I don't doubt yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we should unplug the phone just in case my mom calls. <laughs> 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 All right, Brian. Back to you, Brian. Yeah, we're like, hey, Let's... Brian, do you want to go on a date with Stephen's mom? <laughs> yeah. There we, there we go. That's the next. That's the next phone call. Um, Brian Witten, Let's let's get back to this. How did you get started in this business? Because you've you've been in this business for. A while. I'm so, old. Yes. Well, how did you? How did it get started? Where did you come from? Where were you? Where were you born? Well, I, I grew up in New Jersey, Maplewood, New Jersey. But I, I believe it or not, back in my in high school, we had a film class, mm-hmm. and so I got into film from that. And I remember we watched uh, The Duelist, which was Ridley Scott's first movie, mm-hmm. and it was fucking awesome. And even back then, as like a whatever I was, fourteen, whatever. You could tell like the cinematography and everything was amazing and it was all handheld. And so I, I got into it from film class and then I would make movies and I loved horror movies. Like I grew up on, you know, like Friday the 13th and the slasher movies mm-hmm. and uh, American Werewolf in London for some reason just stuck with me. Like I loved the dream within a dream. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that when I was like 14. Yeah. And so I remember in film class, I made a short film where my best friend was stalking my brother and his friend and trying to kill them. And it was a dream within a dream. Mm-hmm. But wow. So, I, you know, on Super 8, because that's what we had when I was that age. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. But then, uh, I, so, love film. And um, then I was going to go to a law school because I figured that's what you, you do. Mm-hmm. You go to, you know, mm-hmm. study law. and my, <laughs> Right, of course. <laughs> right? Right, sure. Grew up yeah. in New Jersey. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then my friend w- was was going to Syracuse for film. And I was like, what? You could go to school for film? That's great. Yeah. And so my uh, my parents, who were not into that idea at all, were like, no, no, you need to go get a degree, mm-hmm. blah, blah, film, unrealistic, blah, blah, blah. So I went to a, a, a school for not even the school in Bentley. It was called Bentley in Waltham, Mass, to study law. And I hated it. I fucking hated all the classes. I hated everything. And uh, I just wanted to transfer to film. And my parents thought it was unrealistic. But with the help of my cousins and relatives, they were like, you got to let your kid go do what he wants to do. And ultimately, I went to NYU for film and wow. studied and Again, I was like, uh, not not again, but I was the outsider because they all wanted to make these pretentious movies. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to make movies that scared the fucking shit yeah, out of people. Movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and they wanted to tell stories about their repressed childhood and coming out and whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, terrible one man shows. Whatever. Yes. Right. And How many movies about AIDS can we take? It's, oh, yeah. But so. Real when, nice, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> way, to stop, down, way to stop. Way to bring it down. <laughs> By the way, we didn't have eight. Three. Three movies, Matt. So that's how many movies you can make. Not to keep belittling my age, but back then there was no age, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you could is, just yeah. fuck all you wanted with anything and wow. just worry about, oh like, God. Whatever crabs or you went to NYU. I wasn't getting went, laid though. By yeah, way. You went to NYU in the 1940s. That's yeah, amazing. exactly. No, I'm just kidding. I was reading comic books. I wasn't getting. It's laid. theoretical. Fuck yeah. In yeah, this yeah, case, but yeah, 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 amazing. But in any case, I so I loved this movie RoboCop, the first movie. Oh, so good. And I was a um, wasn't it great? Amazing, like, amazing. You, I forgot one of you, our podcast guests was in RoboCop. Yep, we had Bill Farmer on the show. Oh, who was yeah. In, he played the reporter. The yeah. reporter. One of the mm-hmm. reporters. Yeah, who but, like did a speech or whatever. But I remember seeing that in the theater where at the end when he goes nice shooting son what's your name and he says murphy whatever whatever the audience stood up and applauded mm-hmm. which 
even back then, I had no, I, that was like unique. There was something special about that movie where an audience would applaud like so big. It was great. Yeah. yeah. But so I realized I wanted to get into producing because I went there to direct. And so I just called the the producer, John Davison. He produced it in, in a studio named Orion Pictures had mm-hmm. made it. And I just called the switchboard. Switchboard gave me his phone number, called his phone number at his office. And we just started chatting. And it so happened he grew up in New Jersey Went to a in a neighboring town of mine. He went to NYU, and he and Joe Dante, who had done Gremlins at the time, yeah. and Mike Finnell, who had produced Gremlins, they all went to NYU together. And um, I had reached out to John, and ultimately um, we just had this rapport. And he said, "Look, come out when you come out to LA, and I'll meet you, and wow. um, I'll hook you up with Joe Dante and Mike Finnell." And so I graduated at NYU. And then went out and met with him, and we hit it off. He was developing RoboCop 2 at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And we hung out there, and we talked about comic books, and I told him about this comic I loved called Deathlock. I don't know if any mm-hmm. of you read it, yeah. but it was about a man and machine, which is kind of RoboCopian, if, if that's a word. <laughs> right, sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is now. Yeah. But, but, but uh, am I telling too many details? No, no, please, please. Oh. This is fucking yeah. fantastic. So uh, we hit it off, but it was during the writer strike, so oh so oh so then then he hooked me up with Joe Dante and Mike Finnell and mm-hmm. Joe was directing the Burbs, oh, so I went oh, yeah. and hung out like on the Universal back lot while they were shooting with Tom Hanks what? and and Bruce Dern was there and and this is how naive I was we were talking before about women but Bruce is like oh how old are you and I I don't remember it was twenty whatever and he goes oh I have a daughter your age you should meet her like I just met him you seem like a nice kid. <laughs> And I didn't realize how hot his daughter was. Laura Dern. Yeah, I know. Wow. But I never. Anyway, nothing ever happened. But I. (laughs) Oh my god. But but it was a it was it was just amazing. So I hit it off with them, and they said, "Look, we can help. We can help you get a job, but you can't do it from Jersey. You have to come out here." Yeah. So that was like in October of whatever it was. I then moved out in the following February. And then I would just would go hang out with John at his office, and it was during the writer's strike, so no one was hiring. Right. So and it so happened my best friend was in Long Beach, so all we would do is get stoned and go to the beach, and my parents paid for it, so it was kind of fun, right? I'd never been out of the state as a kid. But then, anyway, ultimately, I, I, I PA'd on a movie, and, um, and, uh, which was called The Horror Show, that Sean Cunningham, who I loved Friday the 13th, was mm-hmm. the producer of. And then later in life, I worked with him yeah. on Friday the you know thirteenth, uh, Freddy versus Jason when I was at New Line. Yeah, yeah. But um, then I worked for John Davison on RoboCop two when the strike was over, and they hired we had hired Frank Miller who was one of my icons as a comic book writer artist. Oh my god, so cool! Which was mm-hmm. great. And then uh, what did you do with it? What did you hire him to so, do? So so he was the, he wrote uh, uh, RoboCop. Amazing. RoboCop two. RoboCop right. 2, right. Yeah. Which was amazing. So I I worked for John for like two years. And went to we shot in in Houston, which was a, a great experience and fun. You know, as a kid yeah. from Jersey, and now yeah. I was proving my parents wrong. Yeah. But like in the in your head the whole time, you're just picturing everyone else back home studying law, and you're like, oh, like, yeah, or was- exactly. And here I am having fun, like taking dolly tracks off the street before the sun comes up because we have to get off the street or there's penalties. And it was literally everyone would just it wasn't, I, you know, later in my career I learned. Everyone was just all working for the be- the better good of the movie. It didn't matter who you were. Even 
John, the producer, was helping to do things. Mm-hmm. Later mm-hmm. in life, you realize not later. I never there was never like I was never like that. But there were jobs, and you did your job, and you didn't really whatever. But right, yeah. But it was a great it was a great learning experience, and it was awesome. But John, the problem not the problem, but John was like a mom and pop guy who made one movie and then would try to get another movie, but the studio would only pay for him when they were doing something. So I didn't have a job. But but so but anyway, while we were doing RoboCop, I had a RoboCop two. I loved um, this director named Stephen Hopkins. He had directed a, a very cool Australian movie, which I can't remember the name of it was, but it was kids that are in a um a, they get they break into a, a a department store, and they stay there overnight to get laid and have fun and drink, and they don't realize there's a security guard there that's insane and they can't get out. Oh but, my god! So Stephen went on to direct one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, mm-hmm. but um, I loved him as a director. To, as it was, it was John's assistant, but he didn't treat me as an assistant. Sure. So I kept pushing for John for Stephen to direct RoboCop two, and um, I became friends with his agent. So um, then, when everything was w- rolling down on RoboCop two, Stephen now was directing Predator two. I needed a job. Shit. I had always idolized Joel Silver. Thought his movies were were amazing, and so in a you know Hollywood is about relationships. Yeah, totally. It so happened that um, Stephen was doing Predator Two. The agent uh, Lloyd Segan was still my friend, and he I said I need a job, and he said, well, guess what? Mike Joel Silver's partner Michael Levy needs an assistant. Why don't I hook you guys? You know, connect, mm-hmm. whatever. So it was, you know, also to, oh, oh, and also the editor of Predator 2 was this guy, Mark Goldblatt, who's a phenomenal editor. He's direct, he's edited like Predator, I mean, um, Terminator 2, a bunch of Jim Cameron mm-hmm. movies, oh but he had done um, RoboCop. So they both were whispering in Michael Levy's ear, you should meet with this guy, Brian. So I went and I remember meeting with Michael uh, on the set of Predator 2, where there's some big explosion scene where the Predator at the end, where there's a crater and whatever, downtown L.A., and so I'm walking with this guy who's the complete opposite of, of John. John was this like mom and pop nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, and like I was his assistant, but I didn't answer his phone. I didn't run errands for him. I was, he treated me more of a creative guy. Right. So Michael's walking with me in a very, he's like, he's like Lurch from Adam's family. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's very manic and we're walking around the perimeter of the set. And he's like, so you're used to this and this. You could be yelled at. You could be screamed at and things and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah sure. Which I had never, that None never. That had ever happened. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I just lied and said yes. And then I went to work for Michael. And uh, again, am I telling too much? So, and so um, Michael, um, what I didn't know is, is you, you as an assistant, you kind of lie. Like, yeah. so, but I did, I was so naive, like to, I, I couldn't, Michael was frantic. Mm-hmm. And so there was so much going on. He would say, well, did you send the bottle of Niagara to Steven and, and uh, Niagara water that is, cause right. you know, and, um, I had forgotten and I would go, oh, I forgot. And he would scream at me. <laughs> so I, I, I had two tours of duty with Michael. The second tour of duty, he fired me. And then I came back, I would lie and go, oh yeah, I sent Steven the bottle of Niagara and then I would go, go and, and do, do it. it. But yeah. I didn't realize that when I worked for him. So God. so I worked for him for like five. And he's like at a, at a swimming with sharks. Do you ever see swimming with sharks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. So like my buddy, um, George Wang, directed it. And we both were assistants at Silver Pictures. And he, Michael was like that guy. 
And Michael would throw things. Anyway, so I lasted five months. Came back. I worked for Michael. Uh, and um, he would throw things at me and scream at me. And, like, it was just crazy. Oh, my God. It was, like, it, out of swimming with sharks. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember he, he loved he loved bagels with – he wanted a bagel with cheese. Now, he's a Jew. I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. If someone says a bagel with cheese, what you – bagel with cream, cream cheese. cheese. Yeah, bagel yeah. with cream cheese. So yeah. I go, right? I yeah. toast the bagel. I come back. And I give him the bagel with cream cheese, and he was like, I didn't ask for that. I want a bagel with cheese. I want a cheese. This is cream cheese. He takes the fucking bagel, rips it in half, and throws it at me. Amazing. It, it hits my shirt and hangs there on my stuck. shirt. Stuck. And, and, I'm, and I'm looking at him, and I'm being- It's like I'm, you played ring toss with your nipple. To, right? <laughs> and I'm looking down at my shirt, and the bagel falls, and I go, what the fuck? <laughs> And he goes, I asked for it with cheese. I didn't want cream cheese. I wanted melted cheese. And then I left and yeah. made him this fucking thing. But yeah. I, but in any case, but, I, uh, I, I took yeah. a lot of shit from do you, him. Do you know, uh, do you know who Shelly Berman is? No, Shelley, but that name Shelley sounds Berman? familiar. Yes, the comic. The, the comedian, comedian? For, yeah. who played Larry David's father on Curb. Yeah. Oh, right, yes. that right? I got the right name. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, I, my first job ever in the entertainment business was being his assistant at La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego for a play. And uh, and they said to me, whatever you do, anything he needs, you handle it. Don't <laughs> let anybody else. And I was like 15, 16. I was young. I was a young guy. I was about 16. And they were like, whatever you do, don't let any of the women handle stuff for him. You you handle everything. The, don't, don't let the other P, the PAs or whatever handle it. I go, yeah, no problem, whatever. And uh, he turned to me and he was like, um, he was like, can you do me a favor? Can you go and get me? He was old then. He's always been old. <laughs> he, was he goes, can you do me a favor? Can you get me a nice cup of coffee with uh, with uh, sugar and some milk in it? Maybe a little bit. And I was like, yeah, no problem. No problem. I go over and I go to the one of the women. I go, hey, I need to get a cup of coffee for Shelly. And it has to have uh, sugar in it and a little bit of milk. And she goes, okay. And she puts like a bunch of sugar and then she puts milk. She hands it to me. I walk over to him. And I go, hey, here you go. And he goes, he drinks and he goes, what is this? What what kind of fucking shit is this? What's in the, What did you put in this? I go, well, I asked this lady and he goes, who did this? I'm like, oh, this, well, I asked this lady to help me because I didn't know how to do it right. I had never used those young guy. I didn't even use the coffee machine like that before. And he goes, who did it? I go, uh, I think Lisa did it. He goes, Lisa, come over here. Lisa comes over. She goes, yes, can I help you? And he threw the coffee <gasps> at her. Hot coffee. Threw it at her fucking body. Went all over. She screamed, runs out. He goes, these fucking people, these stupid women, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I can't work with these people. And he stormed off. And I was apologizing. He's like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. These stupid women. And I was like, oh my God. And I learned, I literally learned like, like afterwards that like, he hates women. Like he's the oh most anti-feminine woman guy. Like the guy just hates ladies. He won't deal with them. He won't speak to them. Like he's just a. He's That's a, crazy. Yeah, he's wow. gnarly. Yeah, I was a shitty PA. I worked as a PA on uh, one time. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was on a, sh- a TV show called Chocolate News. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, David Allen Greer. And it was, uh, you know, they, they put that show on the air to kind of help President Obama get elected the first time because he like every every like show would be talking about Obama and how he should be elected and stuff. And uh, 
I on my like third second third day they asked me to bring us uh, to go get sandwiches for the producers and I went and bought the sandwiches and I ate two of the sandwiches <laughs> on the way back to the to the set <laughs> and the producers were like where are these where do these sandwiches go and I was like I ate them in the car and they were like you need to go home and they fucking fired me and sent me home I got fired like second they, day. They should know better than to send you on a food run. Yeah, come on. Like you get like, hungry gonna, on your way. Were they good? Eat a cup. They were great sandwiches. There you go. Come on. So they it was from, worth it. It was worth. They were from Cantor's. They were very nice oh, sandwiches. Nice. Come on. Yeah. Mom, I'm gonna eat a couple sandwiches. Yeah. Give me a break. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did you go from being a, a like a P? I know. I guess assistant thing. Like an assistant. To to rising up to so to where I, I mean you because you were you've ran you've run like basically right like kind of run the studio executive vice president yeah, that's and, insane but, yeah. how do you, so how does that how does that happen? so I, so from 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 Joel uh, then I became Joel's assistant and I was into the Hong Kong movies before mm-hmm. anyone else like John Woo and Chow Yun Fat and Jet Li and I used to watch all those Jackie Chan movies. I had oh. a roommate from Hong Kong, and he'd get them on Laserdisc. Yes, and yes. he'd bring them back to the U.S. And I saw like Drunken Master oh. Two out here back when it was called something different. Well, I, I think they called it Drunken Master here, but it was Drunken Master Two, and everything's just subtitled or like Thunderbolt and movies yeah, like that, that was great. That, that are great, and I got to see all these things like on Laserdisc years oh. before they came out on like these like a frame feeble old man by the time they came out here in the u.s where he can't do this stuff anymore but my god that's crazy yeah, those are great did you ever see like police story two of course yeah right police story one police story two yeah. three and four it was great all of them or, yeah, or operation great. condor operation condor love that movie and condor two yeah yeah see he got all those and he brought they over were awesome yeah uh, those are great movies. Pat Labor, we watched all of two like this weird anime that was about robots fighting crime and wow yeah i i remember when we were doing i didn't it. get laid in college what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> you had, all you had was that and uh whatever that uh and what was it reservoir dogs, reservoir had, dogs. Like, reservoir dogs. well i didn't have those see he had all those on laserdisc but then we had to go to our friend's house who had the laserdisc player so we couldn't watch the laserdiscs at our place oh sure and our friend's house is where we had our weekly friday night dungeons and dragons game nice which we played every friday night uh, when I was 21 years old, you know what? To, just to drive it home, when uh, when I was when uh, laser discs were out and like mm-hmm. a thing, uh, that's right when my parents got divorced, mm-hmm. and my uh, my dad said if my if my son can't learn how to use the laser disc player, I'm I'm uh, I'm taking it back. And I tried to learn how to use it for like a week straight, and I couldn't figure out how to make. I couldn't get. I couldn't get the connection to run to the TV. And then he fucking came and picked and up the it. laser disc player. No. Such a bastard! And he took my Star Wars laser disc and everything. He's such a fucking asshole. Oh. The worst father. Terrible. Hey, uh, he's online one. Let's. I would uh, never do that. Hey, uh, you online one? You yeah. piece of shit. Um, no, it's all right. Uh, so, anyways, uh, all right. So. So you're you're working you're working uh working so on I, the John Woo movies and working on this. So no, I just introduced got Joel into John Woo and stuff. But, got it. But got um, it. but so then uh, I became at the time friends with Rob Liefeld, who had just left Marvel and was at Image Comics, and he was like 22, oh. and it was a big thing back then. I mean, when they all left, it was him, Todd McFarlane. I can't remember everyone, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. But so Rob was like on commercials. In any case, I got Rob to meet with Joel because he was the hottest thing you know, at the time in, in yeah. that space. And so I became friends with Rob. And when I left Joel, I uh, became Rob's producing partner. Mm-hmm. And so, so cool. So we like set up a TV series at Fox animation. 
when they called? were doing the X Men. It never got on air, but it was called Young Blood. And then we said a petite, a feature at um, a TriStar called Profit, which was based on one of Rob's. Rob had a comic book at Amblin called Dooms Four, which was mm-hmm. his was really cool. But so I was I was doing that, and then also Rob because he couldn't really pay me. He paid me some money to be an executive, but he couldn't pay me that much. He sure. let me write comic books, and what? then paid me like these great page you know page rates to mm-hmm. make up for it. My God! And, and now I'm writing comic books with these amazing artists. What and were you writing? What kind of comic books were you writing? I wrote uh, Chapel, which was one of the, the the characters that was in Youngblood, who was awesome. And um, awesome. he also he was in Spawn. He's the guy that um, he's the uh, he he kills uh, Al. I forgot the guy's name. Al Simmons and helps create Spawn. Very cool. Um, but so then I wrote comic books for Rob, but. Um, in any case, Rob's at the time, Rob's main focus was comic books because he would make tons of money on a comic book a month. And this was back when comic books would sell millions of copies. Oh, yeah. 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 Every yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we would set up a feature, it would take months to negotiate deals. So Rob wasn't really seeing money for a long mm-hmm. time, and it was a fraction of what he was getting as a, as a creator and owner. Yeah. But in any case, so that thing drifted along, and then... Um, that same guy, Lloyd Segan, who I mentioned before to you guys, who helped get me the job with Michael Levy, I was still friends, and he said, you know, there's this guy, Michael DeLuca, at New Line, who's looking for someone like you, an executive that loves comic books, sci-fi, horror, mm-hmm. you should meet him. And when I worked for Joel, the studio was really the enemy. You didn't like the studio. They were not, they were sooty and not really cool. And so anyway, I went in and I met with Michael DeLuca, and he was like me. We were both in our 20s. Um, he was wearing jeans. He had a, a, a Mortal Kombat, you know, stand-up game in his office. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Comic books, video games, and my interview was. This is very dorky, but my interview with him was basically talking about Spider-Man issue one twenty and one twenty-one. Spider-Man issue one twenty was the death of Gwen Stacy, who was Spider-Man's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man issue one twenty-one was the death of the Green Goblin. And back then, when they died. That was they huge. Died. Yeah. It wasn't like now where they come back and yeah, like when Superman died, and you're like, oh, and then three months later, like, oh, here's Superman again. And you're yeah, like, here's, here's a new Superman issue, yeah. and you're like, eh, what? But back then they were like dead. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I was just a kid and I didn't no, realize it. I no, I remember. I mean, I mean, for God's sake, when Superman died uh, with in the Doomsday and those. Yeah. That I mean, I still have my copies <laughs> of those, and they're mm-hmm. still sealed because I was told that they're going to be worth money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not, yeah. of course they're you, not. They, but they lied to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Just like I had comic book cards, yeah. you know, oh, in yeah. the in the cases and yeah. stuff. But yeah, that's you know that was a huge deal. And then you know nowadays it's like man. Yeah. You know, so you start working a new but, line. Yeah, so then Mike wanted to hire me immediately. I was like, oh, this guy's cool. He's not anything mm-hmm. like, you know, he's not he's not Bagel a suity guy. Yeah. And then I worked there for five years. So. Very cool. And so, then what was the first project you worked on there? Yeah, the first the first. There were things that they gave, you know, like that were assigned to me. Like I, Spawn was already in development, so mm-hmm. I took over that in Mortal Kombat 2. But the first thing I actually, I guess you would call bringing in was uh, The Wedding Singer. So mm-hmm. cool. The Wedding Singer was a, a thanks, was a, was, a, was a pitch that we, I pursued and brought in. So how did, how did that go down? Where did that get started? Well, I remember vividly, it was so, um, what happens is to look for projects as an executive, you have to call agents and 
and and ask for you're going out with a project. Can you read something? Whatever. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I I was calling this agent who worked who covered New Line because what would happen is agents would cover studios, okay, and make sure you knew what was coming out. Sure. And this agent Adam Cantor represent he was at CA. He represented um, Tim Hurley. He was a writer who wrote uh, uh, um, Happy Gilmore with mm-hmm. Sandler. And they said they had this new project. And I was like, oh, great. And and then I went to DeLuca, and DeLuca was like, yes, I, I, I wanted to do Happy Gilmore. I couldn't get it, blah, 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 get us this project. So I kept calling Adam Cantor saying, I, I want to hear this pitch, because we knew that they had a pitch for The Wedding Singer. It wasn't called that. I don't remember what it was called. And so then I also knew that Adam Sandler's agent was this guy, Adam Vennett, at CAA. So I you have to pursue, because mm-hmm. you, you know, your passion gets them to come to you before other people. Yeah. And so... I, I remember they. Uh, I kept pursuing, pursuing, and they, and they were having the premiere of Happy Gilmore at Universal, and Adam Cantor's office called the day of the premiere and said, "We got you two tickets to the premiere," and my ex-wife and I raced up to the to the movie. Mm-hmm. We were in the front front row, and I remember I was in the front row, sitting like Rob Schneider was a few seats down, and just fucking laughed from beginning to end at Happy Gilmore. And um, and then after went to the party and then the agent introduced me to Tim Hurley. I never got to meet Sandler that Were night. Were you at, at like nervously looking over at Sandler and then you look over Rob Schneider and he goes, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the yes. story. It's I don't know if that's call. it. That's, that's, it. that's yes. the story. Really it's a good, good story. That was great. But um, and then I remember I left. Uh, so I never met Sandler that night and I never saw Adam Vennett, Sandler's agent. But at midnight. I called CAA and left a message on Adam Vannett's mm-hmm. voicemail saying, I love the movie, blah, 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 blah. And I gave my impassioned thing, how we have to hear it. And then the next day, they went and pitched the wedding singer to Universal, who had done Happy Gilmore. And then they came and pitched it to my boss, Michael DeLuca, and I. And Sandler came in and, and they pitched us. The, it, it was actually, the wedding singer was a wedding singer whose same mm-hmm. concept. He's jilted at the altar, but he's a wedding singer on a cruise ship. Oh, and on the cruise ship, he realizes the wedding he's he's about to perform at is Julia Gulia's mm-hmm. wedding. He didn't realize that, and ultimately we it changed around clearly from yeah. the, to the finish thing. Sure, but then uh, he, anyway, so he pitched it to us in a room, and we bought it. And so then now, I, when you say you bought it, was it? Did you did you say in the room we want to do this movie? We're going to do it. And we're going to do gonna it. Buy it. Yep. Oh. Wow. And then we just start immediately negotiating. When I say we are business affairs mm-hmm. people with CAA sure. and, and Sandler's All lawyer. All the lawyers do their lawyer stuff. And then figure it out. Were you guys so, like, I know I don't want this to come off disrespectful in any possible way, but like if Sandler came in, if I was running a studio and Sandler came in and was like, I want to do a movie and it's about a dog that eats balloons, I'd be like, I'm in. Like, because it's Sandler. I would be but super at that time, in. But at that time, he wasn't was he Sandler. at that level yet no. where you were like, oh my God, whatever he pitches, we're, he'd just we're done in. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and that's exactly. it. Exactly. Right? That was it. He had done wow. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and DeLuca was upset that he lost Happy Gilmore because he mm. wanted, I don't remember the exact story, but he loved the script. He always loved Sandler and Billy Madison in on SNL. Right. And so he wanted to make it, and I believe there was, Universal made it, but there was a moment where Universal was balking, I think. Mm-hmm. And DeLuca said, I'll greenlight it for whatever money. And then they ultimately, it, it got Universal to step up and oh, greenlight it. God. And so he always wow. loved Sandler. So when we heard the pitch, it was like, and Sandler intentionally came in and said, look, I've done Billy Madison. I've done Happy Gilmore. They're, you know, goofy comedies. Yeah. 
I want to take it to the next level. I want to do something more realistic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Still with my humor, but like. Yeah. Beyond me playing that guy. That's such a heartwarming movie, too. Look, every single I've seen every single Adam Sandler movie that was in the theater. I've seen it in the theater. Every single one. You even made me go see Jack and Jill. I even made him go see Jack and Jill, and I made him go see Bucky Larson. Oh, yeah. Okay, like, I've taken... I've I've made it a thing to go see every produced Sandler movie in the theater, whether he's in it or it's just something that he's working on, because I love Adam Sandler, and and even when it's bad or you know ridiculous it's still great like i still yeah. love it it's Bucky still larson wasn't great yeah well bucky oh. larson was a hard one <laughs> maybe but... you didn't get it man there, there was <laughs> there was one laugh in bucky larson delivered by kevin nealon yeah but that, kevin yelled at him. you know that was what it. you know swartzen is, is hard. he's a, great that was swartzen's amazing. Such a wacky character swartzen's yeah. done our live show and he was great and he's such a great guy but yeah. that movie that was a rough is not movie. good <laughs> yeah but he knows that too that's okay though um but yeah, that, that's got to be that must have been insane. Once, like, once you guys had him, and once he was he was on board, uh, what what happened next? How did that work out? Well, then we just he Tim was going to write it with him, and and then we just started, uh, you know, they started writing the script. And um, but what was what, what was great is we I remember we got the first draft, which was still on the cruise ship, and I can't remember why we we thought that. We got it off the cruise ship and made him, you know, being wedding singer in a low in his, you know, town. But it was just, it was just, I can't. It was, it was amazing because it, it was also, also very new to me at the time. Like yeah, I sure, yeah. worked for Joel. I was an assistant basically before New Line. Wow. And 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 I would go to Sandler's house when they were writing the script and read pages, and it was all very collaborative because we were like. We weren't kids because we, were we were just kids trying to make something fun. How yeah. old were you around this time? Do you mind saying? No, ninety. I would have been uh, twenty-five, sixty-five. Oh, yeah, twenty-five. What was his? Uh, what, was, right? what was his house like at that time? Because like, you know now, now it's just. Well, like, he he uh, he. It's like a rent, military complex. Now. He he rented a place. It was him and I think Alan Covert and Jack Giraputo is a producing partner, and there was one other person. And um, they were renting, he was renting this house up in Bel Air on Ferrari. And I have to say, I, 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 the, the, the cra- one of the craziest parties <laughs> I ever went to was at the house. And, and um, it, was, it, was, it was hysterical because it was um, everybody you could imagine. But there, it was before, like Brad Pitt was there before he blew yeah. up and Jerry Seinfeld was there and... Jennifer and I mean every and by the way every comedian you could ever imagine sure. was there. Everyone was there having fun and um and and Chris Farley had used the ba- downstairs the bathroom on this the the floor and it was shag carpeting and then you imagine shag carpeting couch bathroom over to whatever and the toilet I'm not making this up overflowed oh, and the God. toilet was overflowing into the the downstairs it was crazy God. and everyone's just trashed and i remember i was out by the pool and i was just lying on a lawn lounge chair and i was just so but it was oh, fun that's so great that's a amazing. long time ago now, did you ever meet farley outside of that yeah i met him once or twice with sandler it's very you, funny. Um, since you're coming from uh, comic books and horror movies and loving all these things, but the first thing it sounds like that you really like was your own was this comedy like this. Are you coming from it of like, all right, whatever's funny, that's what I want 
the to be in this or are you coming at it from the producer who's like well we need this to be made so here's how we have to adjust why well, i you know again i didn't know what it was like to be an executive so i didn't know like when michael hired me to do sci-fi fantasy and horror that i just was looking for projects i liked so like when I heard, I was a big fan of Sandler and loved comedy, so that's a funny idea, so let's pursue it. Or American History X. I mean, clearly, I'm the guy, you know, at New Line, I did, I mentioned Mortal Kombat 2, Spawn, Wedding Singer, Dark City, uh, Final Destination, though that was after American History X. But I was doing all the horror and comic book stuff. Yeah. And then I read, uh, which I still remember uh, reading, my, my um, ex-wife and I were living in a, an apartment, and this sounds so dorky, but um, it had, you know, it was, you know, where you had to go to a laundry room to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we had just got an upright washer, you know, laundry, whatever, uh, dryer. What are they called? Laundry, whatever. You guys know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. yeah. And so it was a Friday night and I had scripts to read and I was so psyched that I didn't have to run to the fucking laundry room and put quarters in and do laundry. I just stayed in on Friday night. She was out of town and did laundry. And I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to leave the apartment. I do laundry. So crazy. And I'm reading scripts. And 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 also a funny thing that night was, um, so my friend Marty Bowen, who was an assistant to an agent at UTA, he and his buddies rented a, uh, had this awesome house up on, I think it was Sunset Plaza. And he called me that day and he goes, dude, we're shooting this movie with uh, Vince Vaughn and uh, John Favreau, do you want to swingers? Do you want to come be an extra? There's going to be a lot of chicks and alcohol, right. <laughs> and do you want to be an extra? And I'm like, eh, no, I'm gonna hang out tonight and read. <laughs> but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, you didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know sure. I could have been in swingers because they oh weren't my God. those guys. That, so, uh, Dark City. Oh wait, that- no, hang on a second. Before you get to Dark City, we got to go back. I have one. Okay. I have one question for yeah. you. Do you mind telling us a little tiny bit about Drew Barrymore and and uh, Sandler and what the, like him bringing her to the like what what that was like getting oh, Sandler sure. to bring uh, Drew in? Sure, is that it, okay to talk about? Yeah, yeah. By the way, one thing to the, mm-hmm. the American history why I, I mentioned American History X is so that night instead of going to the party and staying home and doing laundry, I had read this script uh, called American History X because I had met Dave McKenna, the writer at New Line. And he said, you know, I've always this script. No one's ever made this script of mine. And I sat home that night and read it. And I, I cried at the end. I was like, this is an b- amazing story wow. about these two brothers and racism. And I had my, my uh, younger brother had a, a addiction problem in high school and college. And I could relate to totally different thing. What, this is about race, but like you know this brother relationship and i read it and i was like this is fucking amazing and it needs to be told yeah and so that that anyway that wow. night i didn't go Such hang an out unbelievable and do, movie hang out with swing that you know and being swingers but i did read american history x which was amazing you know what's really crazy is the guy the actor who uh played the big fat guy in that movie oh uh, ethan suplee ethan suplee he's funny yeah ethan yeah. suplee i'm sure he really appreciates it no it's fine he's not way. he's not fat anymore and here's the interesting this is the interesting little weird piece of that story ethan suplee was 450 500 pounds somewhere in there mm-hmm. when he did that movie and he went to this trainer in burbank called eric, eric the trainer <laughs> and eric the trainer helped him lose 300 pounds wow in uh and it took him like uh, two years but he didn't lose that weight because he's you know he was on uh my name is earl and all sorts of stuff he didn't lose that weight through surgery he lost that weight wow. through working out yeah. and that uh ethan came to me when i was trying to lose weight and was like 
you should go and work out with this with this trainer. And I lost a hundred pounds with Eric, which Ooh, is fucking great. Nice. And now I'm back with him. I go every week, and you know I'm back trying to not <laughs> to go. not be the the fattest person I know. <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah, he's a uh, yeah. He changed Ethan's life, and Ethan is amazing. Such a cool, such a great I, actor too. He was great in the he movie. He really and he, like he was in a bunch of movies, and then he's continued to act and continue to work and stuff. But uh, anyways, um, let's go back. We we got to talk about Wedding Singer. So 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 Drew, what, what was we we uh were you know looking for someone to play opposite Sandler, and he had I, I, I he had originally he had wanted um the woman I forgot her name that was in Happy Gilmore. Uh, it's Pete Sampras's wife. Yeah, uh, and I forget her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling it up. She's pull it up. Isn't she on Modern and Modern Family? The wife. Oh, the wife. Oh. Sure. Oh, you're talking about Julie Bowen? Yeah, I think oh, it was Julie okay. Bowen. Oh, wow. oh, yeah, I was thinking of the girl from Happy Gilmore. I had no idea. I think it was Julie. Am I getting yeah, confused? No, I think, you're, I think yeah. you're right. Julie yeah. Bowen. That could be. She you was in Happy Gilmore? Him? Pulling it up. Hold on. Pulling uh, we're going to pull this up. All right, Wedding Singer. All right. Uh, yeah, we got it. We got it. We have thumbs up. Yep. Julie Bowen. Yeah. Julie Bowen for five points, folks. <laughs> Great. All so, right. So, because they had worked together. So he, Adam, as we've learned later, likes working with people he knows. Yeah. And so. And she was engaged to David Spade back then. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I didn't it's, know that. I only know that because Spade was on Howard Stern and he talked about how like he blew it and he should have married Julie Bowen when he had the chance. And then. Oh. Yeah. He had his own wedding Whatever. singer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he but, said that while pushing playmates off yeah, of him. Exactly. <laughs> All but right. So, no, keep going, so, um, so that was, they were, you know, looking at her and and we had a there was a, a an art there was a division of New Line called Fine Line that made more of the prestigious yeah. movies, and they had made a two picture deal with Drew Barrymore, and she had done I don't remember if it was Gun Crazy or some movie, and then there was another movie they were supposed to make, but they they didn't make it, so they paid her I don't remember what the money monetary they owed her money mm-hmm. right, so that she was going to get paid regardless. Okay. And they said, you know, why not get Drew Barrymore to be, you know, we We have to pay her for a movie that. Yeah. And we're fans of her. I mean, it's not like we were. Yeah. No one didn't like her. And so uh, I remember talking to Sandler and I was like, hey, dude, you know, she's great. And he had liked her. Mm -hmm. Like the idea of the girl from E.T. grown up. And because at the time, Drew had been doing these. D- more um, she was going uh, going against type these like right. dr- yeah, darker, darker roles yeah. and so then Sandler went and met with her and they had a love fest and that was it and then we went and met, you know used wow. did used Drew in the movie and she was they were great yeah now she's done like three or four Sandler movies a right? few of them yeah yeah, yeah. she's oh, whenever they team up it's awesome it's like you get that Tom Hanks Meg Ryan feel which she is was nice. great she always so nice too and. Yeah, they did that movie together recently where they go Blended, to Blended, which was a, yeah. a great movie. Really funny. Mm-hmm. Do they still do do they still do uh three picture deals and two picture deals and things like that? Do you see that happen as often? I mean at Netflix they do it. Like they they're doing it with Sandler right now. But like they gave him a six picture deal or I think four, deal. four, four, but but do you see it very often? I don't know. I don't I've been on the other side, but not really. I don't think people they don't they don't yeah. do that. It's more like, just free agent every time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, like when I was at New Line, we we did the wedding singer with Sandler, which we we loved, and then 
because of other circumstances, we didn't end up doing the water boy, which was a mistake. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we did. Then after the wedding, water boy. Then we made like a two picture deal with him and did. Um, uh, we did little Nikki with him, mm-hmm. which you know, so fun. I we, we were a bunch of Jews making it. We thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't realize when you go to test a movie like that that Middle America. I mean. I don't know if you guys like the movie or not, but yeah, they don't like making fun of the devil, of God, of say any of that. They, it's just a no-no. Really? Didn't they across the board? People, regardless of, it, they did not like that. Wow. You would think by then he would have so much. Like he would be trusted to know that you're making something funny, so but, just be but, open. But, but that's to what it. I mean. They don't like religion. Is one thing people don't like to be. Yeah, they, they just don't, don't like jokes. Don't about like it. Jokes. No matter how jokes. good they are, they don't. Like I mean, if you and yeah. you know, I didn't. If you go back and look in time, like like uh, Roseanne uh, Barr did, She Devil at the height of her career yeah. bombed. Bombed. If you yeah. look good at movies, any comedies, not I shouldn't say any, but comedies that deal with the devil mm-hmm. and you the know, like religion. That Middle America liked was Oh God, You Devil, which was very mild. Yeah, that, but that was really. Yeah, yeah, it was George Burns. And it was. It was just like yeah. oh, he's an old guy. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. You know. Wow, you but, bet, sweetie. That's a good one, though. Yeah, that's long or uh, <laughs> defending your life, kind of. Oh, that's such but, a, I mean, good that's a great movie. movie. But, but, didn't make, but God's not didn't in make money. money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And but I mean those those are more like not really going for the middle America like mass appeal. Yeah, blue yeah. collar guy in Ohio. That's not who those movies are made for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. but. I loved Little Nicky. Yeah, I'm biased, of course. Okay, so now around that same time, uh, like pretty much like one of your next projects was Dark City, right? Yes. In that same era. Now that movie, um, I I love, and I only really found out about it because Roger Ebert really championed that movie. Like he loved that movie, did the DVD commentary for that movie. Like he would go to film festivals and do a live commentary where they would play Dark City. Like that's one of his favorite movies of all time. And I remember on the 10 best list that year, Roger Ebert named it his favorite movie of the year. And that was the last year Gene Siskel was alive and did a 10 best list. And he named Babe 2 Pig in the City his favorite movie of the year, <laughs> which was also an excellent movie. And Dark City, I think, was like number five on his list. I mean, it was like really critically acclaimed, but it didn't make money at the box office at all. Like it sort no. of bombed out, right? Yeah. But it was a great film. Uh, like how did that, like how did you find that one? So with with that one, um, it was, we were fans again, not again, but DeLuke and I loved Alex Proyas. We had seen Crow. And loved mm-hmm. Crow, and I believe yeah. I'm not sure, but maybe Mike tried to get the buy do the Crow at New Line mm-hmm. didn't happen. But um, so Robert Newman, Alex's agent at the time, uh, we kept we kept offering him movies. That's what it was. We would offer him movie after, mm-hmm. and he'd keep passing and passing. And and Robert said, "Look, all he wants to do is this movie Dark City, but it's at Fox." And and I said, okay, well, why don't we do it? Uh, you know, and, and it was stuck at Fo- 20th Century Fox. And so um, DeLuca had read it years earlier and always loved it. We read the current, the, the whatever the latest draft was. We loved it. And um, w- the problem with Fox, not you know, th- this happens, not like the problem, but mm-hmm. yeah. they only really make it with a certain actor. Sure. I don't remember who the actors sure. were back in that day that meant something to the box office. And Proyas's vision was, I it's an alien world. I want to find someone that's not like 
Brad Pitt or yeah. Matt Damon or whoever the name was at the time, Tom yeah. Cruise, because if you if They're it's too a, pretty, if it, and, and 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 you know that guy and you'll right. feel comfortable in the world, and he didn't want you to feel yeah. comfortable. Interesting. It's supposed. To, I mean, it's, it's creepy right from the start. That movie. It starts yeah. off creepy and just gets creepier. Yeah. So that was his intent, and Fox only wanted to make it with you know uh you know some sort of name yeah so we agreed oh and then also proyas had he and his partner had the rights to one of the most phenomenal uh, uh, uh british movies called um quatermass in the pit okay it was a bbc um um movie bbc had released it and everyone from Spielberg had tried to get the remake rights and other people. It was part of the Hammer Library. I don't know if you guys <laughs> know it, but it was all these great horror movies, sci-fi. Brian over there knows yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he had those rights. So we said, okay, we'll, we love Proyas's Dark City. We'll make that. But we have to get this, too, because that's we, we, we make, make a two-picture deal. Sure, yeah. And so, but the big problem was Proyas would only make with, he wanted to make it with new people. So we had this laundry list of people we would make it with. And I have not thought about this in years, but one of the names, believe it or not, for the Murdoch role that was on it was David Letterman. Like, it was, <laughs> what? Wow. I swear. Wow. It was such a endless list of names yeah. because he didn't want to go to another studio that said, Oh, we want to make it, but now we'll only make it with these six people. Mm-hmm. So we had to give him the opposite of of six people. We had to give him give a laundry everyone. list of like anyone we would make the movie with. Holy crap. And, 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 David, David, Letterman, and I remember David Letterman's name was on it. Kevin Boy, see if he'd be right yeah. for the film. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's phenomenal. I forgot about that. Wow, that's, a, yeah. that's really interesting, that's man. That's funny. I love that. But so that's how Dark City came over there and we, you know. So how does that get negotiated? Like it's at Fox. Yeah. Like how do you get Fox to let you make that movie? How does so, that work? So they uh, it was uh, new. Robert was at I think ICM at the time, his mm-hmm. agent, and so they I don't know if they had a certain amount of time to do. Oh, I think also so they just pushed Fox because Fox had had it for I don't remember how many years. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a time I don't remember the exact mechanics of it, but we also agreed with Fox that we wouldn't make it with whoever the names were, the Matt Damons of the world. Okay, so they had their six guys. You're like, okay, we'll make it, but we won't do it with these six guys. There's more than that. Anyways. But yes. Yeah. So we agreed. And so they, and, and by the way, in, in an honorable fashion, which isn't always the case in Hollywood, sometimes they'd rather hold projects and never let someone else make them because yeah. they don't want to, you know, like the famous, you've heard the famous uh, Home Alone story, right? Or now? No, please. No. Oh, so Home Alone was originally at Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They developed it forever at Warner Brothers. And I don't remember the, the it, I don't remember what they wanted to make it for at the time. Say it was it was it wasn't that much back then, but say it was twelve or fifteen million. Sure. They wouldn't make it. So John Hughes got them to put it in turnaround and then they made it at Fox and became a huge thing. Right. And so after that, like People would rather not put a movie in turnaround because mm-hmm. they don't want to look. They don't want somebody bad. else yeah. to get it. Well, I think they're like. There's a few of movies like that where they did. Yeah, because I think people now these executives they're like, yeah. if this gets made by somebody else and yes. it makes a lot of money, I lose my job. That was a big. That happened with Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Whoever. Oh, yeah. Who, what studio? I don't know what studio that was, but whoever developed that movie all the way to the end then decided to just say, eh, it's not going to be a thing. Yep. 
And then they had shot, I think they had shot and made the whole movie at that point. And wow. they were just like, eh, we're not going to release it. Let's let it go somewhere else. Crazy. But yeah, it's a tricky, it's a you real know, Stranger tricky, Things uh, went to like 15, 20 places, supposedly, right? And then oh Netflix grabbed Stranger that's Things. such and a then, great shoo- series. That yeah. is it's right? amazing. Yeah, yeah fine. I'll amazing. watch it if you guys will all shut up about it. Are you Finally. serious? Come you haven't watched it? No, not yet. Get the fuck out of here, Matt. Like, that's a show where it's like, all right, at this point, it's got to be the best show I've ever seen in my entire life to live up to all the hype that all these people oh, have been talking right, about. We'll Matt. be right back. Yeah. Come on, man. Jesus, Matt. Are you serious? I haven't watched it yet. We just, Mike, I made Mike Black watch it. And you know how Mike. I have Star Mike, Trek reruns to watch uh, on BBC. God, you've watched every Star Trek episode. We know this <laughs> yeah, from Brandon right. Braga. We yeah. know. I listened to that. You were like blowing Brandon uh, oh, uh, on the show. The, the greatest. <laughs> yeah, Brandon, Brandon was Look, like. If, if Brandon Braga wants a handy, I'll give him a handy. That's right, how much I respect absolutely. him. Absolutely. It got to a point where Brandon Braga was like. Uh, I believe it was this episode, and Matt would be like, "Actually, you're wrong. Well, it's, no, it's this." And because Matt he knows, about, Matt look, uh, knows. But what you're talking about is he talked about. He's like, "Well, I think Gene Roddenberry when he created the holodeck for Next Generation, I was like, well, actually, the holodeck kind of debuted, debuted on the Star Trek animated series in 1973 <laughs> when they had the rec room." In the in the first episode of the animated series, you got to give him credit though; he knows his uh, shit. I love that. That's I, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. I um, whatever. You I'm, need to watch <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah. I will watch it. Here, here's the plan. The plan, Brian, is we're trying to get uh one of the kids from right, the show do that, I will watch to the come show do the podcast before we get the kids ah, on the podcast. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Some of them that's can good sing idea. too. Like, yeah, sing some of them Broadway can sing. Yeah, some of them are very very talented. Those are those are insanely talented kids though. It was great because they they went for like you you he hasn't seen it but. Uh, they really went for kids at the time that make sense. Yeah. It all worked instead of just getting a bunch of pretty people. They all worked perfectly for their. Not that they aren't pretty. They're you know Nobody's, good looking kids, but and even casting fucking Winona Ryder oh. from who was big in that time period and putting her kid. right back in, and she kills it. Yeah, like, yeah. she's great. Everybody is great on that thing. I it it made me. It's every once in a while I'll watch something that makes me angry that I'm not in it. Mm. And it, it that happened with Orange is the New Black when I watched the first season. Uh, Gary, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, one of the guards and me are friends on Twitter, and uh, immediately I was like, oh, I want to be a guard on that show so fucking bad. Why am I not a guard on that show? Like I would be great. Why have I not even been seen for that show? Like that's insane. I would love to do that show. And Taryn Manning, who's on Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. and I grew up together. We ah. we know each other from junior high school from back in the day. Ah. So I was like, man, oh man, that would be so fucking cool to do that. And then when Stranger Things aired, that's and it doesn't happen mm-hmm. all the time. It's not like I'm sitting around watching movies going, why am I not in a thing? <laughs> but every every once or twice a year, I'll see a project where I'll go, damn, oh, man, I would have yeah. fucking killed that. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be that way when Star Trek Discovery comes out. I'm going to be like, why am I not in this thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you know what I got? You know, it was so funny. I got close on it, and uh, and it came out a couple of years ago uh, this week. Is uh, I uh, I auditioned and got a couple of callbacks on the Jobs movie with. Uh, <laughs> I remember. You remember that? Yeah. And you I did wore, the whole thing in makeup. I did. I did. You full, had your big time rush people full beard. Do the I Steve Wozniak yeah, they did a, They did a wig and and makeup on me, and I went in and and did the whole uh, the whole read wow. like that. And, um, and then they gave it to uh, to to. Um, Josh Josh Gad, oh, yeah. who's uh, amazingly talented, and yeah. was great. But it's funny because that movie is fucking horrendous. Yeah, like it's, it's a terrible, terrible movie. I never, yeah. No, if you ever get a chance to watch that, and then watch the Steve Jobs movie that you know the more recent yeah. one, and you're hmm. like, 
Man, yeah, oh the man. Michael Fassbender one is like a good movie. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever worked on or or seen that happen where two movies are being like made the same, at the same the same movies being made at the same time? Well, there I, when I was at New Line, I was d- developing with um, Don Murphy, who produced Transformers, but he did um, uh, oh my, a Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, he's a great producer. Yeah, he we were doing with this other writer. I for, he had done um, permanent. Dark permanent midnight with yeah David Velos Velos was the was it the Ben Stiller, ben Stiller. Movie? I think oh, it was my, him permanent the midnight. elf writer right but we were developing the story of Tina Brannon Tina Brannon was the uh, the girl that in um, Oak uh, was in uh, are, Oak. You ta- are you talking about um, Brannon Tina yeah, Tina Brannon no from um, Boys Don't Boy, Cry okay so yeah we were developing a project at New Line where we had the life rights to I, the family or something and Fox was developing their Boys Don't Cry mm-hmm. movie and we were both competing and we had different rights that they didn't have Whoa. but they they had stuff you didn't have you had stuff they didn't have and they okay. just got theirs going before ours but we oh. we we there's a you know case where we had competing yeah. projects who did you guys have in the lead do you remember we hadn't gotten that far oh man, okay. oh, man. that's so crazy but Usually yeah. you try to avoid that. They had Hillary Swank. Did you have Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> that would have been a weird movie. <laughs> weird. With Sarah Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker. Just uh, big teeth actresses can play that part. Oh God. <laughs> but, I saw um I saw it happen. You know, there's a uh God, I just I just heard this the other day. And this is a big secret. I guess maybe I shouldn't uh, talk about this on the air. Um but there's a a dinner that happens. Maybe you can collaborate this with me, Brian. There's a big dinner that happens once a month where all the studio heads meet up or all the presidents or the heads of studios meet up and have dinner. Have you ever heard of anything the like this? The six families. I don't know. I, I was never, yeah. never invited, I guess. Ooh. Illuminati. But You've it, come maybe. to see me in my house. We're <laughs> well, going to discuss business. What, what I had heard was... do drugs in this family. <laughs> I'd heard that they all had gotten together and... Uh, and then, That's the worst brando ever, by the way. It like came up that uh, one of them was doing Armageddon and one was doing Deep Impact and they got into a like what was almost a fist fight in the room over it. And it like really broke people up and everyone wow. was very, very upset for a few years. And then it like came back down wow. and everyone was cool again. But I don't know. Those are those some weird times. Deep Impact was good, man. Yeah, Morgan Freeman was, was the president. Yeah. It's a yeah. Good movie. Wow. Anything where the world ends. Love it. <laughs> That's yeah. good and terrifying. Mike wants the, the world to be blown up. It's, uh... When, uh, when you left new line, yeah. what, um, well, I want to ask one more new line question, please. Uh, now you did, a movie while you were there called uh, Detroit Rock City. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Uh, work with Kiss. Like, did you go in and meet with Gene Simmons? Like, what what happened with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I the, uh, so because um, they Kiss had done a movie before that on TV called uh, The Phantom what, of the Park. So what happened was again, not again. I keep saying again, but so Michael DeLuca and mm-hmm. I were huge Kiss fans. So in 1990, whatever it was, 96, when they announced their reunion tour, mm-hmm. or 95, they announced they were doing this reunion tour with, you know, Ace and Peter. Yes. We were huge KISS fans, and we were like, we got to figure out a way to do something with KISS. I don't, we don't know what it is. And there was a guy that was a reader at New Line named Tim Sullivan. Mm-hmm. He's gone on to direct, like, Maniac, uh, 1000 Maniacs, and I can't remember all of his movies he's directed. He's directed a bunch of genre stuff. And... Somehow he had become friends with Gene Simmons because he liked Kiss, mm-hmm. and he ha- he his friend had written or had this script Detroit Rock City, mm-hmm. and so um, 
we went and uh, DeLuca and I met with Tim, uh, Tim, and we met with Gene. I remember we went to meet him at the, what's the the hotel, Sunset Marquee. That's yeah. the one off of? The Rock and Roll Hotel right yes. there. Yes. Yeah. So it was before it was, but but I, I, I we met with Gene and he, we were, you know, trying to figure out what to do with him. And then shortly thereafter, Tim found this script. And we, you know, now do, was it the script about Kiss or did you same, insert Kiss? And in? it was like no, a generic, always like, Kiss. Okay, it was always Kiss. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we read it, and and I love. I mean, putting aside, I grew up on Kiss, and yeah. Mike did. Sure, it was a great story back in the time in a quest, and they're you know nerds, yeah. and it it totally worked. It could have been they were going to a who. Con- it doesn't matter. It didn't matter who the concert was. There was yeah. a quest story of them, you know, going My roommate through. at the time is one of the biggest Kiss fans on the planet Earth, and he's an extra in that movie because he found out about when they were going to be doing the concert scene, and he got in to go to that, and they played Detroit Rock City over and over, over. and over and over again, and he was just, he, 10 years later, he's still like, the greatest day of my life. He's <laughs> <laughs> 47 times in a row. And I got to scream. And he's, he's like, if he, he's, he could like pause the movie and be like, all right, I'm over in this corner of the screen here somewhere. And I, I remember we had, the, I wasn't there that night, but there was an air conditioning problem and we kept having, they had to keep giving water because we kept yeah. shooting and shooting, but. And my oh favorite my line of the movie is when they asked the one kid like, hey, you're going to go see Kiss? And he's like, Kiss sucks. <laughs> I love that line. Um, every, time the, somebody, every time somebody brings up Kiss online, I find there's like a clip on YouTube, just two seconds of that kid going, Kiss sucks. And I post it on there as a comment just to be so a troll. Gene Simmons is so great. Have you ever met Gene or you oh, yeah. hung out with him at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's the best. I've only met him one time. No, twice. I've met him twice. One time for like five seconds here at the improv, he came mm-hmm. uh, with his wife to come watch Jeff Ross perform, which was oh, so fucking man. cool. Mm-hmm. It was really, really neat. And he was he was great. And Jeff like called him out and it was great. It was super, super fun. It was for an episode of their TV show. Yeah. That the they do, Family doing? Jewels. Family, family Jewels. Jewels. Yeah. They were doing Family Jewels here. And I got to go up on stage and play piano <sighs> for Jeff that night. And so wow. he uh, we got we got to like talk for like two seconds for like two seconds. Here's how this goes down fucking you know uh that was years ago that's like 10 like yeah. almost 10 years Twilight. ago yeah i'm uh like a month ago i'm over at something at caa at some weird meeting and i'm in the parking area and i'm standing there with these like executives and we had just had this big meeting with uh with like national geographic or something like this and we're standing there was talking doing a wildlife movie about you yes uh, about bears Stephen about bears in the wild yeah it's just me in a bag of cheetos <laughs> just eating cheetos all day so it was just uh, all of us uh we're just standing there and as we're standing there gene simmons walks up puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes if you're with this guy you're in good hands this guy's the best good to see you pal and then walked away <laughs> and everyone was like what the fuck was that you know and i was like yeah dude we're old friends man yeah. i just pretended like we knew each other but it was great it was like it was so he was right? so fucking cool like just yeah. to do that is a fucking like rap totally it's great yeah. i saw gene simmons on the most unusual thing i would ever expect to see gene simmons on uh i was watching a television show and the host of the show says hey uh to his guest uh, he's like, hey, I'm going to have my neighbor come out and he's going to talk to you about why what you're doing is unrealistic. And that show was the Dr. Phil show. 
And there was some guy on who wanted to be a rock star, and he's like 40, living in his parents' basement. And he's like, look, you need to get a job. And Dr. Phil apparently is neighbors with Gene Simmons. Oh, amazing! And he had Gene Simmons come out, and they play like uh, rock and roll all night. When Gene Simmons comes out, there's like smoke. <laughs> and the yeah. he comes walking out. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> he came out and was like... Uh... He comes out and he gives this guy like a lecture. He's like, now look, I think your band is pretty good, but you're 40, and you're still trying to make it as a rock star. Now, I know I live the rock star lifestyle, but not everybody can be Gene Simmons. There's only one Gene Simmons. <laughs> and he's like, I think you need to get a job. You can still do this at night and still pursue your dream, but you're not Gene Simmons. That's I'm Gene Simmons. So and the guy amazing. was amazing. Like, and the guy was like crying that he met his hero, Gene Simmons. Oh my <laughs> God. And that's then Gene amazing. Simmons told him to get a life, basically. It was, wow. it was fun. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. A, that's Which I incredible. never thought I would ever expect that. No. And then they showed those pictures like Dr. Phil playing golf with Gene Simmons. And it's like, these guys hang out. That's oh weird. God, that's so weird. All right. Um, yeah. I got I got three Amazing. questions before we wrap yeah. this thing up. All right. Um, uh, okay. Number one. Can we ask about Final Destination 2? Yes, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Final, Final Destination. Destination such a badass uh, movie, by the way. You were involved with that. How close were you involved with that? Like the Developed the whole okay. thing. Man. Oh, my was God. Are you serious? The first one. The first one. Yeah. Was there any point in time where somebody came and they're like, all right, I've got this idea for a Rube Goldberg machine that's going to kill somebody because that's what they all were, basically. Like, were there any of those deaths where you were like, you know, let's change that instead of a Ferris wheel, let's make it something? Like, did you get into the nitty gritty with that stuff on that movie? Well, a bit. I'll tell you, interesting, it, w- it wasn't originally like that. The mm-hmm. the the original, an assistant wrote it, this guy, Jeff Reddick, who's now gone on, mm-hmm. but he was the assistant to the guy that ran television, and he wrote this treatment uh, called it was still Final Destination. The mm-hmm. premise was the same, except that death. I'm not making this up. Death with like a sickle mm-hmm. would okay. hunt the kids down. So the murders were all by death, like a physical manifestation of death. Whoa! And I remember more like I know what you did last summer or something. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I remember reading. I go, this premise is fucking great. Kid gets on a yeah. plane in the scheme of life. He has he's allowed. Die. He's yeah. allowed to escape, but the others should have died on the plane. Mm-hmm. So death gets them. And we would keep trying to have the, the Jeff pull death out more and more. And it wasn't till uh, we met with um, um, uh, Glenn Morgan and, and James Wong, who were from the X-Files. They came up with the Rube Goldberg-esque mm-hmm. thing. Where oh like, my God. Well, you don't wow. need death at all. Death should just be a presence. Yeah. And that was it. And we were like, oh, that's genius. Yeah. And then we'll, they, it was their intent. There was their vision of... The the deaths would be these set pieces where the flame and the wind and the blah 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 and and then when they do the like oh. like when they get like halfway and you're like oh my god they're gonna die and then they get away that time and it's like it's so cool that movie oh god it was so cool and yeah. they've you know what's really cool is that like they've kept it up every single yeah. one of those movies it's are fun right they're all super yeah. fun to watch yeah they're very fun yeah. like the deaths themselves to me they're interchangeable at this point like i can't remember which ones happened in the first one versus the fourth one or whatever but i mean they're all so fun to watch yeah all those little things where it's like it's building and building and it just builds the tension without there being a killer there was one there was one where a tire flew off and it ripped a girl in half and i was like (laughs) during a race it was like during a race like you think they're gonna get away and it's yeah Yeah, and you're like ah how could it travel that far and then it happens and you're like it just i mean especially and then once they started implementing like 3d and stuff into it and this is where i've got three questions for you uh question number one how do you feel about 3d in movies these days because i know it's happening a lot 
it's almost not even an issue anymore. It's just all the time. Every movie you go to, they're like, oh, you can see it for an extra $100,000 in 3D. (laughs) You know, and you're like, well, for fucking what? Like, do you feel like anyone's doing it right? Uh, Mad Max Fury Road was freaking awesome. 100%. I mean, I saw that at the Man Chinese. Unfortunately, not. I I grew up on Mad Max. Yeah. And I wanted to take my my two boys because they like action. And they were like, no, we don't want to see it. And I finally convinced my older one to go. But it wasn't on the big screen. But in 3D, that was friggin' amazing because you, yeah. you, the depth of field, you yeah. felt like, like, like when like, you see the storm off in the distance and yeah. stuff like that, it's very cool. Like Miller used the 3D where I've gone to other movies where, you know. Miller, by the way, made yeah. Babe 2 Pig in the City. Really? Wow, yeah. circling. I did not know yeah. that. But other movies where they it's an afterthought or it's not preconceived yeah. or the ones where they add it in digitally after it's done and it's kind of oh, but it you, makes it dark because you because because I was with Oren Oren Pelly and I were looking at uh, doing a movie where we were going to shoot it in 3D and we met with all the different mm-hmm. we met with this the same company that had all the equipment for Avatar and then mm-hmm. we met with Stereo I, I forgot the company but they did the like the Avengers post yeah. and. What was interesting is, like, for the Avengers, um, Joss Whedon met with the stereographer before shooting because you have to shoot it in a certain way to properly use yeah. the depth of field, like, to make it work. You can't have things really close because it looks weird. Or, like, if you're running through a field, like uh, like uh, corn stalks coming at you, mm-hmm. yeah. that's if you shoot it practically to digitize and make all those things look so perfect is really time-consuming mm-hmm. and difficult. There's so many items on screen, Where right? it's easier yeah. to just have them run through a, you know, like a green screen and then put the mm-hmm. the stuff in optically after because then you could get it exactly. But, but like, he had gone through the whole movie and figured out how he's going to shoot it to max shoot it to maximize the 3D effect. Like, that, to mm-hmm. me, is cool. Yeah. But, but an after thing is just... Not just, like, Friday the 13th yeah. Part 3 in 3D where they're just like, oh, let me point the knife at the screen... But really, <laughs> what about you guys? Like, besides Fury, I mean, Fury I, look, Road I blew saw, me away. I saw yeah. uh, Avatar's Star great Wars. Yeah. I mean, but I, I'm a huge Avatar nerd. But yeah, You really are. Uh, it's embarrassing. I'm trying to think. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, Tron? We, uh, Tron in 3 was pretty was great. Pretty That's good. pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, went, I went to uh, the TCL Chinese, to the, to the IMAX there, and watched uh, the, the Star Wars. Force Awakens. Uh, Force Awakens. Yeah, we saw it unreal in 3d it was like the cra- it, was it was so it was pretty it was good it was pretty cool there's a yeah. lot of neat little things and stuff like that and they like they did a nice job with it but i think they knew like they knew what they were doing the whole time you know yeah i don't know there's there it happens sometimes though i think maybe x-men or one of these movies recently i saw in 3d and i was like what is happening it's just weird yeah, sometimes you see these movies in 3d and you're just like why did you bother it doesn't make yeah. any difference yeah sometimes it's, that can be- it's, ju- it's just a cash grab a yes. lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they know they get a higher ticket price and that opening weekend people go see it in three D and they're gonna get a bigger take of it and all that. But when it's done like like uh, I forgot which Transformers I took my kids to Universal mm-hmm. IMAX. Yeah. Was awesome in three D. Oh yeah. Uh we walked out of Transformers three in three D. We did. Yeah. We did. What was what studio was that? Paramount. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. We walked out of that. It was they fine. they made Doctor Ken not funny in that movie. That's that's which a lo- is amazing. How do you make Doctor Ken not? Do be they funny? made T J Miller not funny. Yeah, that's hard because T J Miller's amazing. Yes. Um. Agreed. How about how about uh practical effects to digital effects? Like, what do you what do you prefer? You know, are you a 
which way do you like to go either or but i mean the practical stuff look i mean depending on the movie looks better it's you know what did you use on final destination when somebody died they're all practical and digital it's like a mix well like mixing, like like so we'll go since you guys yeah, like, like that movie for, yeah, a lot yeah. so yeah. so final destination was the whole mm-hmm. ending was reshot you know when they were in paris that was actually mm-hmm. british columbia but that wasn't the original ending and the original ending devin saw the kid died earlier in the movie and do you know this or no no so do you want to hear this yes yeah. yeah. oh my god of oh, course yes. so, okay so <laughs> so um Remember the the, uh, the 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 girls in the car? Uh, I forget everyone's name. You think I would know? <laughs> yeah. But there's lightning, and and um, she's in the car, and then Devin's outside the car, and there's lightning striking at the car, mm-hmm. and he grabs the the things, you know, the and he gets flown back into the in the garage. In the original movie, he he realizes death's pattern, and he has to sacrifice himself to save. Oh, because he knows the survivor if, girl that he should hero. be the next one. But if he doesn't go, then he's going to kill her to get to him. Or whatever. so he. Oh, oh, and also in the earlier version, there was a there was a the, they there was a sex scene between the two of them. They mm-hmm. had a, a but the, the their relationship was it didn't really. Yeah, it was didn't work. Mm-hmm. But so so they 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 have sex earlier in the movie. Then he goes to sacrifice himself to save her. He dies, literally mm-hmm. dead. Right. And then we go from that scene to <clears throat> she survives. They're having a, a memorial funeral, you know, at school for him. He's yeah. passed away, so she's alive. And um, the 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 bad guy, whatever his name, I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. You I think I remember. know these yeah. movies I worked on, but so he's alive. And then we go from the. Um, the um, funeral to uh, I forgot how many months later, and she's giving birth to their kid. So she gives birth to their baby, and the bad kid's there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And and we watch as she's giving birth. Uh, like a, a feather floats out the you know out the you know the delivery room down and whatever, and mm-hmm. you kind of go, oh, "That's Alex." That I'm remembering his name, yeah. Alex's soul, and. The movie ends, but the so the audience is watching this and they're like they're having fun through the whole movie, and then it gets to be a and downer. You, and you see everyone because you're when you're at the test screening, you're watching this. You're in the back and you see people jumping and screaming, yeah. and then they're just staring there, not reacting to anything. And then we got horrible ratings. It was bad. Wow. So no one liked that just because the ending it was lame. Wow. And so then Morgan and Wong were like, okay, well, we have the. I'm using generic. The bad guy yeah. lives. He shouldn't live. He you yeah, don't want kill the bad guy. You don't yeah. want the the good guy to die. Sure. So we cut out the romance, much of the you know that subplot, and then we he you know gets flown back into the thing, and so that so that anyway that ending where they go to Paris, we shot in British Columbia, and that big sign coming down. Mm-hmm. We actually built that. Wow! Like it was mechanically built. And we and it, for a reshoot for a reshoot the just that ending that you guys saw you know in, mm-hmm. in whatever was a million seven I think for just for that wow but so it was all that was practically built on gimbals coming mm-hmm. down there was the they did the you know the, the where where you then see over the shoulder where the sign is crashing at uh, yeah. him that obviously was green sure. screen sure. but the big thing was on cables and everything. today you wouldn't do that Holy I mean that's no. so cool they do it all digital now. but it was all yeah. practical oh my that's god awesome. that's so, amazing um here's a question i'm having trouble remembering the right terminology for this i know we are, we got to wrap mm-hmm. up but um what's the term 
that they use to describe it when when uh oh god when when everybody either likes a character or hates the character what's that called that's what we we've talked about that in polarizing yes when when you're working <laughs> wow, on a Matt. movie thank you are you asking because you're <laughs> well, yeah, no, no, shut no, up for right. a second <laughs> when you're working on a movie and and a, they do a test screening and people are like uh oh that character is polarizing what what is that end of has that ever happened have you ever heard that term used in the studio um no, i mean i'm trying to think people were i don't know if polarized would be the right word but 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 like derek vineyard you know the edward norton character in american history x sure mm-hmm. he's i mean like he does that curb sandwich yeah. you know curb i forgot it was curb called stomp. Yeah. Right. curb stomp but then by the end of the movie he's you know clearly metamorphosized from mm-hmm. a racist into you know not so, but so people were a little polarized because it was so intense, but he was, you know, mm-hmm. it went somewhere, but I've never, but I don't know. Give me an example. Uh, well, so, okay. I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm in this movie right now called Storks. Okay. Which yes. comes out. I've seen that. Looks very weeks. funny. All right. And, uh, the, I play the pigeon in the movie. And, mm-hmm. um, and so they keep doing these test screenings. All right. And, and every single time they do a test screening, my character from the kids, the kids are like, we fucking love. Well, oh my god, I should not use that. They shouldn't say that. I don't know. It's a kid. With We've come too far. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've seen so, a lot of fucks tonight. Kids, come yeah. on. <laughs> kid, the kids are like, we love this character, and the adults are like, okay. Wait. The kids are like, we love this character, and the adults are like, oh, this character is so annoying. <laughs> so what? I, and they and they keep saying like, it's very polarizing. They keep, either the kids love it, the parents are like, ah. Have you, so you have you ever run into anything like that where they, they were like super weird like that? It's just, I, I, feel I don't like, know if it's weird. Maybe no, it's normal. I, I feel like there 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 are m- movies where in the in the cards where. You you'll read like you know they'll rate the character and it could be a certain age group doesn't like the character and another does and you don't I mean mm-hmm. I you, get that you, you go to the audience In some demos like you're loved for that character and some demos they don't like the character we'll like, see well, but 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 it's, maybe it's because your pigeon looks like Donald Trump and that's why the adults are just like oh this is crazy this pigeon is going to be our president he does look like Donald Trump does yeah. he start singing like up like Trump or no he wears a he has a toupee. Oh, oh, he's got like a he's, wears like a suit, and he's got the Donald Trump toupee. Well, on. maybe that's why they. That's a possibility because the kids don't know any better, and the adults are like, oh, dang. you know. All right, so here's the third question. The last question is: mm-hmm. uh, Do like if you have a choice, if you're shooting a movie, would you rather shoot on a soundstage, on a back lot, or on location? in any in any any film that you've gotten a chance to work on like if they were like oh we're gonna shoot this scene where would you rather shoot it would you rather have practically practically but it it all depends on the movie like you mentioned dark city it was almost it's almost all on stage all on there's the the scene underneath the railroad tracks where um the cars parked exterior Mm -hmm. that was practical in australia was the beach scene on location somewhere no, I don't think that was. It was all stage. But um, it depends on the movie. 
But it's like yeah. I did this movie with Oren Pelly called Chernobyl Diaries, mm-hmm. and we shot it in um, not in Chernobyl, but yeah. um, that we wanted to <laughs> um, in um, believe it or not. But Let's we, turn off the lights, see if he glows. <laughs> but we we did want to actually shoot there. But um, we shot it in um, Serbia and Hungary, mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun being on location and yeah. creating something different. Yeah. Right. So it's it's it 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 all depends. That's but so cool. But it is like dark city. I I went. I was over in Australia for like a week. And going on a, I'm not, this is not a bitching about it, but like just every day you're in this dark stage mm-hmm. where you have no sense of whatever's going on outside yeah. is really weird. And I couldn't yeah. imagine like Alex, who was there for months, yeah. and that becomes Probably didn't see your daylight life. For, for months on end. But yeah. the location is fun, uh, I think. Now, you can know. I just offer up uh, to, before we finish off, yeah, no. one quick thing. Uh, you were involved with Freddy versus Jason? Yes. Now, what? as a huge fan of the Friday the Thirteenth series, mm-hmm. as bad as it is, like they're they're fun movies to watch, but they're not award winning movies. You know what I mean? They're movies where you're like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah, I want to see that. They're badass, but it's though. not yeah. a good movie. Like, I remember those movie. better than yeah. anything. Yeah. So, so I remember at the end of I think it's part nine, you see Freddy's claw reach up out of the ground and grabs Jason's mask. And I mean, when I saw that, I was like this is so cool. It's going to happen. They're going to team these guys up. And then it was like 10 years before that happened. There was Jason X in between. I think there might've even been the reboot of Friday the 13th in between. If oh, I, remember. Right. I don't remember how that, that was after. Like, it was after. Okay. But I mean, you know, then they're like, okay, it's now, One. how did you, <laughs> wow, really <laughs> Jason in space? Come on. All right. Keep going. Uh, yeah. So how did you decide finally? Like, okay, let's make this actually happen, which well, fans like me were dying to see. Well, Actually, when I when I first started at New Line, that was one of the early mm-hmm. projects Mike gave me. He goes, figure this out. And I grew up on Yeah, and it was Friday like, how do you 13th. make that match up? I, by the yeah. way, I, I left before it was sorted out. I mm-hmm. went, I, for five years, I worked with everyone from David Scow to David Goyer to mm-hmm. Rob Botine was going to direct it, who was this phenomenal makeup effects guy. He yeah. did, you know, like the howling and legend all those creatures yeah. he was going to do it Jeez. and then we had uh, this guy mark protosevich who was a phenomenal writer come in and work on it it I, we we i i we the luca we kept we 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 honestly i couldn't figure it out i yeah because i was we both it's hard to match those two franchises up i think i'm not sure if it was under DeLuca they sorted it out, but we were such fanboys. We wanted, we, we were, honestly, in hindsight, we were overthinking it. And we were trying to make it really fucking different and mm-hmm. cool. And no disrespect to the movie, it was, it was a fun, it clearly delivered it. We overthought it instead of just delivering what yeah. the audience wanted. And we I were, think it came out great. When, when they finally figured that out to just make it like, oh, it's in his dream, and then you gotta, and I was like, oh, we, yeah, we, that, uh, that totally works. Ours were like, you know, like Freddie was a camp counselor. One version had Freddie mm-hmm. being one of the camp counselors at Crystal Lake. So he, that's why, you know, Freddie, you know, Jason's coming after him as a yeah. revenge. Like, it all, we just kept overthinking it. Because, yeah, I mean, that series has so many cool things in it. Uh, like, I mean, some of the movies are actually pretty good movies. Like, I, I love when Jason takes Manhattan. I think it's actually a pretty good fun, movie. Yeah. Like, that's a good actual movie. Uh, <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason is a good actual movie. The one where Jason changes bodies all the time is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's the one where uh, Freddy's Claw comes out and grabs it. Uh, but you enjoyed the end. Yeah. The, yeah. the closing credit scene, 
the the credit cookie on that movie is better than the entire movie, but that, I would pay ten dollars your, to see it. Is that your favorite closing credit scene? It's among them. Yeah, it's one of the so, best. Brian, do you have uh, a? Because uh, uh, that's unexpected. a good question. But, uh, do you but, have a? Wait, well, go ahead. I was going to tell you an, an, an interesting Friday the Thirteenth story. Mm-hmm. So then I, I, w- I was at New Line, uh, which we never got into my five years at Paramount. Yeah. But oh, but that's all right. What are you serious? Yeah, yeah. How do I have to. What we we didn't get we didn't get into Paramount. Yeah, but you know what you know you know why uh, because credit wise it's not uh, not IMDb. everything is listed on IMDb. But 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 so um, when I was at uh, at um, at Paramount, I saw that we had the remake rights to Friday the Thirteenth, the first one, mm-hmm. and so we were going to remake that. And do a different version, you know, do an, a retelling of the first one, mm-hmm. but with uh, it was going to be an MTV movie. But New Line had certain rights, and I had worked at New Line before, and so at the time, Quentin—this is the story I was told—Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino wanted to do his own version of ah. Friday the Thirteenth with Jason, but he needed footage. He wanted to use footage from, from the original from the. The, Param- Betsy, the, the Paramount owned Moon. Okay. No, all those other ones because oh, Paramount okay. had released them before New Line. Yeah, but he wanted to use footage from that in his new version, and so we were trading. We were gonna give. Mm-hmm. We were gonna make sure we cleared up the rights to do our Friday the Thirteenth, the remake of the first one. Sure. And then we would give them footage. Give them footage for that, and yeah. so you know we were that was all gonna be done, and um, and then the regimes changed at Paramount, and the, the new people didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. it didn't happen, but I, I know that, still. Yeah, it's I, a weird series in that Jason, the iconic character, isn't in the first movie. No, they talk right? about him. He's not it's, in it. It's, it's mm-hmm. Jason's mom, Betsy mom. Palmer. I'm yeah. spoiler alert. It's you've had thirty years. Fucking watch the movie. Uh, don't bitch at me if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, and but I love when Kevin Bacon dies in that movie. It's so cool. That's one of the Great. best deaths in that whole series. So how long were you at Paramount for? Five years. Oh my mm-hmm. god, man! You must have worked on a lot of incredible things over there. Where were you? What was your your job position at Paramount. I, I was a, a executive vice president. I came mm-hmm. from New Line. They lured me over there to did, go. Did you know Eben Davidson? Yeah, Eben was actually a creative executive. I talked to him today. He worked at, oh my, as like a junior helping me. He was great. Oh. Whoa. You know, so he just, he left being the vice president just recently to become the, the SVP of, uh, television. Te- of television development. Cool. That, but yeah, I was cool. Very what are cool some guy. of the projects you worked on there that you really liked? So uh, uh, I did. Uh, uh, when I say I did, I worked on them. But mm-hmm. like Vanilla Sky was mm-hmm. the oh first day. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. wow. Come and, on! And I, I so, so when coming I, from New Line, you go to Paramount. That's like a big step up in budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's outrageous. It's big, but it also a big step up in politics, which we mm-hmm. didn't have it. Sure. New Line. But when I was there, I worked on all of Tom's movies, like uh, Vanilla Sky. And then Mission Three. Oh wow! And oh um, and then I got movies. Sandler so Sandler to do Longest Yard. Mm-hmm. I did with him, and then yeah. Spade. We did Dickie Roberts together. I, did, uh, I, so, oh, I, I worked Dickie. on Longest Yard for one day. Did you really doing oh, crowd warm up work nice. for the uh, crowd scenes? <laughs> and I shook the hand of I forget his name, but he's that guy. He's like a I think he's dead now actually, but he was like a former professional wrestler guy that was on the movie. He's like one of the big guys in the movie, and I shook this guy's hand, and it was the largest piece of human flesh i've ever felt like it was it was like picking up a 10 pound brisket and like rubbing your hand against it that was shaking this guy's hand i forget his name but he's like he looks kind of weird horrifyingly descriptive brisket. but long as yard sandler we were developed they were just producing it mm-hmm. and we were gonna go out to vince vaughn to be you know oh, to be the 
The Burt Reynolds role. The Burt Reynolds role. And I remember I was trying to, you know, my boss was like, you got to get Sandler to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to get him to do it. And oh, I remember God. calling him. He was on vacation in Hawaii. I go, you know, you really got to. Oh, no, he called me and he said, I've been practicing taking snaps. And, you know, may, I'm thinking about maybe mm-hmm. doing it. And then he came back from Hawaii or I think Jack called me and said, Sandler wants to do it. Oh, and, my yeah. God. But, that was such a great movie, too. And yeah. the, the original is one where there's scenes in the original where you're like, they can't do this in the remake. Like the beginning, Burt Reynolds smacking his girlfriend around and stuff. And it was just like a thing. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to make because I heard they were making a remake and I love the original movie. And I was like. How do they remake that? There's so many things they can't do. Yeah. Well, every time they update, at least recently... Every, like Bad News I, Bears is one where I was like, oh, they uh, left out the greatest line in the movie, well, but you can't do it now. So. I just saw the, the uh, updated version of Pete's Dragon. Yeah, and it how was, is it? It's awesome. Oh, it's I an awesome see it. movie. It looks great. The, the creature, it looks like something... It looks like where the wild things uh. are, kind of. And it's really fascinating. And Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, can do no wrong as an actress. Like She's incredible. They cast her. They got Wes Bentley, who's like American uh, American Beauty and stuff. They, yeah. they yeah. and and Robert Redfern. So you have real actors who are playing it for real mm-hmm. in a sci-fi. In the, it's kind of like a fantasy movie, and they nail it. And they don't. What, by when they update it, they didn't update it and go. They didn't like remake it and go. Look, we're going to shoot the exact same movie, and it's going to be the same storyline exactly. They like used it kind of as like inspiration for uh, a newer more updated movie i really nice. loved it i thought it was yeah, well, i think it's it. a movie you can do that with because it's not so iconic where everyone knows the plot of peach dragon inside it out like it's yeah. it was, it's a popular movie but it's not one where you're like oh well this scene goes exactly like this and here's the backstory that goes exactly like this like it's not a movie right. like that where you're sort of locked into which a is what they did with it. jungle book when they did jungle book they were like mm-hmm. we have to stick exactly to it, and they tried to make. I mean, did I don't they know stick if you to saw, the book or did they stick to the animated? They movie? They stuck to the animated movie oh, okay. with That's the weird. songs and the whole bit, and they tried to like. And it was, I mean, it was Favreau. I mean, so you're like, yeah. you're like, I can't believe Favreau made this movie, and he's from, yeah. from, you know, the guy from Swingers. Like, yeah. it still kind of blows me away that he's like that guy. Great photo mm-hmm. of you on Pete's Dragon on Twitter, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, good. yeah. And, the um, and I just want to hear, like, I know where I like. Paramount stuff, man. I just want to listen. Yes, please, please, tell, please tell us more Paramount stuff. Well, oh, so uh, we're okay for time, right? Yeah, dynamite. Okay, please. So went there, and we were. I was. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good Paramount story. Oh, so uh, Mission Impossible. Here's a, a world, a world story. So I was the executive on World of Worlds. Yeah. But really, when you're. Uh, um, Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg, you don't, it's not like I'm telling you those stories mm-hmm. about Sandler where you're reading pages and giving notes. Yeah. It's not, you're like, yeah, with those two, it's with Spielberg. I visited the set with Sherry Lansing, who was the chairman, you're and like, Donald DeLine one day. And you're like, Mr. Spielberg, what would you like me to tell you as a note on this script? <laughs> you don't, sir. It's not like you're really involved. You're like, can but... I get you a bagel with cheese? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Would you like to throw a bagel at me just to have fun? Because <laughs> yeah, it's Spielberg. But, yeah. But, but I did, we were trying to find a writer. And I remember I, I, I spoke to uh, David Lawner, who was an agent at it was at Endeavor at the time, and uh, he said, "Well, you know, J.J. Uh, Abrams uh, could be great to write War of the Worlds." And uh, I obviously knew his work from you know the TV stuff, and um, he had I forgot that regarding Henry he wrote, 
And so um, he was a big sci-fi fan. And I remember Paul, calling Paula Wagner, who was Tom Cruise's partner. I said, hey, you know, David Lahner suggesting J.J. Abrams. Are you guys fans? Do you think Tom would like that? And she said, let me check. And she, you know, said, yes, absolutely. And then J.J. went and met with Steven and that he didn't he didn't have availability or whatever for World of Worlds. But then circle back to we were doing Mission 3 and it was originally the director was um, the guy. Oh, my God. Why I'm drawing a blank on this. Joe Carnahan was directing it. Mm-hmm. And we had a totally different script. And um, we then were, didn't, weren't seeing eye to eye, whatever. We wanted to go a different direction. And we needed a, a, a director. And we kept, we were offering the script, you know, trying to find a writer, I mean, a director. And, um, then JJ came back around and I remember watching the pilot to Lost that JJ directed. Mm-hmm. Sure. And cause again, Lana said JJ Abrams would be great for this. Yeah. He could rewrite it and blah, blah, blah. And I remember taking the, the movie over cause back then we had videos. There was no DVDs, I yeah. think. And, um, then Paula watched Lost and they met with JJ and mm-hmm. JJ, JJ said he would, he wanted to do it, but he had a whole different approach to it. Yeah, that's a rare wow. series where I think the movies have gotten better as they've oh, gone along. so good. Which is weird, because like most, most movie series are like, okay, the first one's the best, and then the second one's all right, and the third one, and then it sort of peters out. But MI, the Mission Impossible series, it's like they've just gotten better They're and better so and good. better. so good. Yeah. And, 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 that and, last one, have you seen, did you see that the was last great. one? It's so, and it's so funny, too. Like, he would do things, they almost let it kind of be a little- Like adding um, in Simon Pegg in oh. like the fourth movie, whatever it was, it was like- it just was like a great addition to the formula. Well, they kind of added a little tiny little uh, sprinkle of get smart into mm-hmm. the movie where uh, Tom Cruise is climbing the thing and then the batteries run out and they die. And he's yeah. like, and it's so, he plays it so, he's so funny in it. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed, I, it made me love Tom Cruise again. Cause I was like, yeah. you know, I was like, you know, one of the worst things I think that can happen in Hollywood is when an actor becomes more of like, more known for being a, a person than for being an actor. Like Jennifer, you know, like there's there's been people, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say who, but you know what I'm saying. There's been people where they get brought out and they and then they get to get dragged around and you're like, this person's a very talented actor. Absolutely. Let them just do their thing that they yeah. do. And it's fr- that, that gets very frustrating because yeah. like you watch some, I mean, like Harrison Ford, like people know almost nothing about, his, I mean, they know he's with Callista Flocker. They know he likes to fly planes badly, you know. Yeah. But, but that's about it. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's still Han Solo, and he's yeah, like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Brad Brad Pitt, insanely talented actor, but you know, like they're just constantly kind of dragging him through the mud, kind of being like, "Yeah, hey, look at Brad Pitt in the street." And you're like, "Let just have it. Just let the guy just be amazing, like he was in yeah. Twelve Monkeys. Like let him just have a good time, you know." And, um, and you know. Obviously, I, I, he not obviously, but didn't know him that you know totally as intimately as I know knew Sandler. But to me, all the shit that they write about Tom just isn't true. I mean, he like, seems like the nicest guy in the he, world. He's the nicest guy, and he's yeah. very. He takes it very, you know, his job, you know, very serious. It's yeah. a job, you know. He takes it all his craft very seriously, mm-hmm. and all the you know. Again, I haven't worked with him in a, a long time, but he was nothing like people would write. Yeah, that's like, a guy where like people have this image of him that he's this crazy madman or whatever. You know, we all saw the like, jumping up and down on the couch on Oprah, and which 
I don't think is really fair, but then every person I've ever talked to who's met him has said he's been the nicest, most professional mm-hmm. guy yeah. who puts out he puts out good movies. He puts out movies people want to see. Like I think he's probably of the last 40 years the best movie star we've got. Like a guy who mm-hmm. he's like Cary Grant in yeah. the 80s and 90s where he's a guy who's like he's handsome, you want to watch him. Guys want to watch him. Women want to sleep with him. Like everything yeah. that you want a movie star to be, he is. And most of the movie, I mean, he has a pretty. I mean, almost every, yeah. like almost, well, every almost movie everyone. Is Vanilla Sky was yeah. incredible. Oh, like thanks. incredible. That was, yeah. man oh man, yeah, no, such that, a fan, but, By the way, movie. that movie, I mean, got got. Not, I wouldn't say it got me to leave New Line, but it did. Like. Mm-hmm. Really? I was I was meeting with other studios and I met with uh, John Goldman, who was the president co chair of of uh, Paramount, and he you know wanted me to come over there. And then I met with Sherry Lansing, mm-hmm. and she was trying to. And I would my ex wife and I would. I remember we went to the MTV Movie Awards. They it, I mm-hmm. wasn't working there, but and then I went to an after party with John Goldman and his wife, and I was hanging out with the whole people. Of Q-tip because I had done a movie with him at New Line. <laughs> oh my god! And, and John Goldwyn keeps trying to like get me to commit to go to Paramount. He's like, "I'm going to give you the biggest movie star and the biggest director, and you're going to and and I'm off doing. I'm just it not. It wasn't like a game. I was just off having fun and being yeah. naive to everything. And he meanwhile is like working my ex-wife, like going, "Why isn't he just coming here? <laughs> I mean." And then I finally, after whatever, I come back after hanging out with a bunch of people I knew. And he goes, look, I'm going to give you Tom Cruise's next movie and Cameron Crowe's, okay? Wow. And I'm like, I'm done. Let's go. Yeah. Like, they were idols of mine. Yeah, I mean, I love course. Cameron Crowe and Tom Cruise. Yeah, how can you, you can't turn that down. No. And then, you know. Now, is, it, were they recruiting you because your work at New Line? I mean, you worked on some really good movies there that were, you worked on some good prestige movies. You worked on some good mainstream hits. You mm-hmm. worked on some great horror movies. Like, you sort of crossed the board with the work you did there where you're like, I've got a Sandler movie that's a big hit comedy. I've got this Alex Proyas movie that critics loved. Even though the public didn't, it was a great movie. I've got American History X that was up for Oscars and all kinds of crazy stuff. Phenomenal. And Norton sort of broke Edward Norton out to another level. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you worked on some really good movies, and they said, okay, we got to get this guy into Paramount. And then you go there, and you just sort of do it again with, like, uh, you know, Vanilla Sky sort of helps relaunch Tom Cruise into the public eye in these ways. I mean, that's a lot of really good Great yeah. movies you worked. No, on. I know you're amazing. Though that, no, please. <laughs> no, you but, are. But, you are. You're, I had, you're honestly, super cool. I, I had yeah. nothing. I read <laughs> this. Like, you're I am cool. not. Oh, I, Brian, I read the script. The I had nothing to do with it. Oh, Brian. Yeah. But what was uh? But 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 but, but uh, I, I could. I'll tell please. you a funny a, 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 a funny Tom Cruise story. So to get into to to get into Tom's world, you have to work your way into. Because he's very, you know, you know, cautious. So they have to slowly, until you, you know, I met him, make sure, you know, Paula liked me, whatever, what, you know, work your way. And, and so I remember we, um, it was Sherry Lansing was the chairman and John Goldwyn. And we had flown to New York and we were going to go sit down with Tom and talk about Vanilla Sky because we had, just, I think, read the first draft. And so we go and we go to, I don't remember whose hotel room it was, we were meeting him in. It was either his room or Sherry Lansing's. And so it's, Tom and Paula, and then Sherry, uh, John Golden, and myself. And so we meet everyone, sit down. And so 
it's the it's five of us. Very intimidating. <laughs> this is the first time I've met meeting Tom like, in person. Is, these are like four of the most powerful people in all of Hollywood, oh. and, and I'm here. <laughs> and me. And so clearly, I was the lowest on the totem pole, yeah. and and they need a drink, so I had yeah, to you're like I'm going to go get the drinks, yeah. and I'm you know serving everyone. So mm-hmm. I leave to go back into where the kitchen area is of this hotel room, and I'm I'm telling the story out of sequence, but. Mm-hmm. I, what I didn't know was, which I learned after the meeting, Tom is like saying to every, to John and Sherry and Paula, who is this guy? They had forgotten to tell Tom that I was coming to the meeting. Oh, oh so my God. Tom had no idea yeah, like, so who's this guy? who yeah. this guy is. And they were like, oh, and they're like, like, he doesn't know if you're some assistant of who, them. Like, who knows? Who yeah. is this guy? And meanwhile, yeah. I'm getting drinks and I come back and I didn't know this transaction had yeah. gone on and the meeting went on. But uh, that was my introduction to Tom. And then I had once, um, I wanted to go to the set and I was waiting for when I could go to the set because I'm a fanboy at heart. I I don't know, you know, like I happen to be lucky. I'm doing what I've been Mm -hmm. doing. And and like, uh, so I just wanted to go and hang out. And they were, I kept being told, well, make sure, I'm not sure. And one night we were shooting on the back lot at Paramount. It was a Friday and my ex-wife was out of town with the kids so I was like, fuck this. I'm just showing up on the set. The, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? Yeah. I show up. It was all great. Saw Tom and, and you know, they're shooting and end. Said hello to everyone. So uh, it's the end of the shoot. Uh, we wrapped it. I don't remember what it was. Say 1130. So Tom comes over to me. He goes, good to see you, Brian. And he's staring right in my eyes. Like, good to see you. So they got you here watching me on a, watching us on a Friday night, huh? And I'm like, no, no, no. No, I'm a fanboy, Tom. I'm here because I'm a fanboy. I'm. And he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like mm. he and and I shook his hand, but by the end of our shoot, I would go and show up on Saturdays when we were shooting downtown with cool explosions and whatever. And by the end of it, he realized that I wasn't just this suity guy. Mm-hmm. I I mean, you know, I yeah. loved what I was doing. Now were you in a suit? Like wow. that's the thing I know. They always so... talk about as being the suits. Did you have to wear a suit when no, you did this job? No, but I'll, I'll tell you another <laughs> funny story. So we had a big not big but negotiation for my deal to go there my i had a great lawyer and so my lawyer just kept asking for whatever more and more uh, not more i don't mean more and more but just like protecting me Mm -hmm. not monetarily but my the time period there and so it was done and i had called john the chairman before about something about the deal and whatever and so we're finally after this few weeks of negotiations it hits me what you just said, a suit. And I remembered I wore a suit once. I feel like all I talk about is Sandler tonight, but, <laughs> no, but no, um, no, no. I wore a suit to something and Sandler made fun of me the whole <laughs> fucking time. Oh my God. And they just couldn't believe I was wearing a suit to whatever it was yeah. we were doing at New Line. And, and, and I'm like, that's, so I called John Golden and go, Hey, it's Brian. And he goes, hey, yeah. I go, look, I have one, I have one more thing. <laughs> Is there <a> dress code? <laughs> I, I, I have one more thing. And I hear John like on the other, like take a get, you know, like when someone's sick of you calling yeah. about yeah. something oh, yeah. and he's like, oh, what and now? he's like, what? And I go, look, I'm just not a suit guy. Like I, you know, I feel like whatever. And he goes, Brian, I, if you wanted to run up and down the hallways of Paramount in your underwear and you got the job done, I wouldn't care. <laughs> you could wear whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I never, I just wore it, whatever clothes. But Hey, I got, I got one for you real quick. At Paramount, did you ever meet, uh, uh, they used to call him the mayor of Paramount? Yes. Or, what's his name? The o- older guy? Oh my God. Passed away recently. Uh, Earl. No, was it not Earl? It was, um, 
Oh God. He was the guy. He did all the uh, all the old. He was amazing. Movies. I would go sit down oh, with God, him. What was his name? And he would tell me would all these. Google, would you Google oh, uh, the? Uh, What's the background on this guy? Was like, like he back in the third? I mean, like he'd been there when 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 Fritz Lang was making movies. Wow. And he he was oh, a Nelson, uh, and, and Demille. I mean, not Demille. No, that wouldn't have been before his time, but. Let's let's uh, let's take a look and see. Real if, quick. if I Google the mayor of Paramount, it just tells you the mayor of the city of Paramount, Paramount California. California. Paramount, Pictures. Paramount California. Uh, yeah, if you do like mayor of Paramount Pictures, let me look that up. I feel so bad that we're like doing this. It on wasn't our show. Earl. Okay. It was. It was. <sighs> if I if I Google the mayor of Paramount Pictures, it brings up Teenage Mutant Ninja Here, Turtles out of the me. shadows. Give this to me real quick. Hang on. We're so so this. he was uh he was on the lot. He'd worked there forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. What what did he do there? He, I don't remember what it, he became like the the mayor of Paramount Pictures, it. where he would tell stories and he had his own office. Oh, so like people come by for tours and stuff, and he was sort yeah, of like a historian. But he, he knew everything. Like his memory, he would tell yeah. me amazing stories about Fritz Lang and, and Hitchcock and DeMille and Hitchcock wow. and like I as a fanboy, I I went, I became friends with the guy that ran the whole studio, the, not mm-hmm. the the uh, you know like the studio back lot, yeah. And so he let me go. AC Lyle. AC Lyle. We get it. We did yeah, it. Yeah, all AC. right. All right. Here we go. No. We're going to talk about him for real. For hang on. It was great. AC Lyles is uh, was the oldest employee at the in the history of Paramount Pictures. He started working for Paramount when it was a. Um, uh, when it was a movie theater, as an usher, he was he was a usher for the Paramount uh, family for their like whoever whoever the the family was that owned it. He worked for the theaters there, and then uh, became an employee of Paramount, working in the studio system. And then he became a producer from all these like westerns. He would do all these westerns like way back in the way back in the old and olden days, and uh, they just let him keep his job and they put him in this weird office it was like across from stage i want to say commissary 25 old, like yeah. above the commissary mm. way yeah across from the commissary way up top on the top floor and um this guy this is not a joke this is a and, and we can say this he's he's passed away and we uh we we love the guy he was great but this is a real thing because i was at paramount doing big time rush for five years this is a real thing that really happened and uh you're gonna love this mike is um uh, bat, he had more sexual harassment lawsuits against him than any other <laughs> studio employee in the history of Paramount. B- women, not from, a, he wouldn't like do things to women, but the way that he would talk to women uh-huh. or the way that he would like come on to women or say, you know, he'd grab, maybe grab an ass cheek or something here and there. It was very friendly, overly sure. friendly, but this is a true story. He had a, uh, a, a secretary in the 1970s and his sec- he said to the secretary, uh, uh, do you want to come? Will you come into my office for a minute? And she said, uh, for what? And he said, I, uh, I want you to come in and give me a blowjob. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and she said, uh, no, I'm not doing that. I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm your secretary. And he went, hang on a second. Are you a woman? And she said, yes. And he goes, and you work here? And she said, yes. And he goes, then why won't you give me a blowjob? <laughs> and she goes, I don't do that because that's, I am, I'm a woman. I do not need this. I am not doing that for you. And he was like, hang on a second. You're a woman, right? <laughs> You're a secretary and you work for me, right? And she was like, uh-huh. And he's like, so then why won't you oh, give me a blowjob? So, so was he good friends with Shelly? <laughs> I was just going to say. More, yeah. Uh, more uh, complaints. 
complaints, more complaints. But I mean, every, every time I met him on the set of Deadwood when I when I worked on Deadwood a million years ago, and he would just come by and hang out. And, and every stories. once in a while, yeah, every once in a while, he'd he'd uh, grab a girl's ass. But so does Fabio when he sees women too. So ah. that's okay. It's Fabio. <laughs> it's Fabio. Do you think they would be all right with that as opposed to AC or more all right with question? Fabio yeah. than uh, that? Everyone gets uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, I think I think women in general don't well, like having gotta, their ass grabbed. But okay, so say some. What if Brad Pitt grabs your ass? I think it's okay at some look, Fabio, I've seen him grab he grabbed my mom's ass, Fabio. Like he grabbed And she said thank you. She did. She liked it a lot. Wow. But is there a line where a woman who's would go, Oh, Brad Pitt? But Brian Witten or everyone in this room is below that line, so it doesn't matter. The bar None of us are above that line. I completely agree. I think Brad Pitt may be. I think he may be able to, but I think we're I think we're all out of luck on that one. One last paragraph. Another question. Would, yeah. Did you work there when they did the movie Hitchcock with Anthony Hopkins? No. Okay. I left. I, I wor- the, the other ones I worked on we there were, were Transformers and uh, G.I. Joe when I was there. Uh, oh, you did okay. G.I. Joe when you were there? Cool. I, I bought thought. the projects and developed them. Oh, my God. Is there anything, is there anything right now that you're excited about? Yeah, I'm doing, um, um, you know, as I mentioned before, working with Jeff on uh, Heavy Metal, but I'm currently in, in pre-production on a remake of The Blob. What? With, uh, oh Sam God. Jackson is starring, and Simon West, who did Con Air, and we shoot it in October in Ireland. So this is so. a oh remake, a remake, yes, which is cool because there was the Blob in the fifties and the Blob in like nineteen eighty, and then yes. there'll be a new Blob. That's, that's cool. so cool, which will be fun. And again, that's a fun. movie you can do that with because it's not one where it's like the lore is so locked in. You can give us a new movie. That sort of reimagines that I yeah. think would be a lot of fun. Like I, I would love to see. Are that. you going to have Practical Blob? Jello? Yes, oh, we made a partnership man. with Jello. <laughs> no, you did not. No. Oh my god! No. Of course, that's no. so cool. Mike, no. here's what we're gonna do: we will it. make Jello shots and yeah. go watch the Blob and do Jello shots that watching the Jello. Good. That's what I man. Man, Brian, I hope you join us for that. Where can people find you on the uh, in the internet and in the world if they want to if they want to look you up? Is there on ways Twitter of- or? Yeah, are you on Twitter? Twitter. Uh, Brywit. I'm very clever. Brywit. Very good. Very nice. B R I W I T T? No T. Uh, One T. Okay. Brywit. And we'll tag you. And then also, you know, yeah. We'll tag you when this comes out. Tag me. So, yeah. Tag me. I'll tag you, babe. I I'll like tag you. But, um, By the what way, about, I, yeah. you have a new I, follower. I forgot. You, we actually met at Sandler's Hanukkah party. Yeah. Because my kids loved Big Time Rush, mm-hmm. and we were going. Sandler took over. The, he takes over every Christmas or Hanukkah because he's you know yeah uh, Pickwick Bowling Alley out mm-hmm. in the valley, the and best. and he every he invites everyone that's ever worked with him there, and it's anyway. So we were going. My kids and I were going down the bowling lane, and we're walking, and they go, "Oh my God, that's that's." That's uh, the from Gustavo Rock. Yeah, from Big Time Rush. And oh. I watched the show with the kids because mm-hmm. I, you know, like to watch what my kids are yeah. watching. And I love the show, not just because I'm sitting here. It was very funny, Thanks, and they buddy. were great. It was all, you know. Um, By the way, like, I'm oh, your best friend, and he's Gustavo. watched Big Time Rush way more than I have. <laughs> I watched them all. My kids, oh, we loved them. I saw great. three of them. Oh, that's so cool. Dude. My girlfriend was... walked in on me watching an episode the other day, like two days ago. Uh, that's she what... walked in we, on me we sitting just... in my underwear uh, watching oh, myself so on you TV. Were you were Is that clothed. more yeah. or less that's embarrassing my, than yeah. her walking in on you watching porn? She's never walked in on me watching porn. Okay. It's never happened. Never? Not yet. 
How'd this no. feel in now relation to VR Mobile? stuff? It's gonna oh, be. Oh no 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 no! That's never <laughs> happening. She's never. You walk in on your boyfriend with a mask on his face. That's the end. That's how a relationship ends. And naked. Yeah, that's not yeah. happening. You can't do that. Yeah, how do you come back from that? You, I mean, you I can't. That's the that end. Would be it, right? That would that's be it. the end. That would be the end of it. I don't uh, think you get weird, over that. Like if you, yeah, yeah, you can't do things like that. No, I'm trying. I don't. You know, what? That's a good no. top of the movie scene right there. Yeah. Everything yeah, goes really to shit is. after yeah, that. Good, good, be good. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of being caught stories, but I'm yeah. gonna leave that alone. <laughs> um, you know, I walked in. Uh, I, I when I went and met you that time at Sandler's party. Uh, there, uh, th- this is this is a fact. This is a true story. Uh, I feel like I should tell uh, real quick. Can we tell us real quick? How are we doing? Are we okay, my man. Bro, right. He's got a date coming up. This guy's you have a date come on Cloud Nine. No. Oh, you're good. No, he's happy. You're okay. We, all right, all right. Here we go. Real quick. Um, here's what happened. Monty Hoffman. Do you remember Monty Hoffman? Mm-hmm. He's an old comedian. Yes, he's, he's in he's Funny People. Funny okay. People. He's uh, passed on since since then. Yeah. Uh, uh, he looked RIP. like uh, the Operation guy. Yes, he really did. That wow. was one of his bits, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He um, he called me up one day and he goes, uh, "Hey, Glickman, guess what? I'm taking you. Uh, I'm taking you uh, to go do a gig." I was like, "Oh yeah, well, where's the gig?" He goes, "Oh, it's a gig for children. It's a you have to do stand up for kids." I go, "Oh yeah, how how old are the kids?" He goes, "Like eight or nine years old. There's about two hundred of them. I'm you're getting paid a hundred bucks." I was like. Yeah. Okay, and so this I'm, is before Big Time Rush. This is before Big Time yeah. Rush. So I'm I'm opening for him, right? And so he's like, he's like, it's gonna be great. And we'd gone and performed together before doing shows and stuff. So he goes, uh, we get in the car, we're driving to the venue, and on the drive, he goes, uh, he goes, all right, let me hear your clean jokes for these kids. <laughs> and I go, okay, uh, here's one. Um, uh, my mom used to say, uh, don't go swimming if you've eaten in the last half hour. What she should have said is, uh, stop eating every half hour, right? <laughs> and he goes, it's too dirty. <laughs> it's got to be cleaner than that. And I'm sweating now in the car, right? And he's like, come on, you got something better than that. I'm like, uh, I got a tooth fairy joke. And he's like, come on. And we're driving. We pull up to Pickwick. We get out of the car at the bowling alley. We get out of the car. And I go, I go, I'm really nervous. There's a lot of people here, man. And and people are really dressed up. I'm, I, I, maybe I shouldn't perform. And he goes, you still think you're performing for kids? And I was like, yeah, what, what are we doing? He's like, this is Sandler's Christmas party, you moron. <laughs> I'm taking you as my date, you piece of garbage. <laughs> That's awesome. And then he took me. And then he walked yeah. around and told every single person yeah. at the party that I was. Uh, and that I was, was your first party. That was my first time. And that's where yeah. we met was, yes. that, was that night. It was crazy. Not that night. That's no. awesome. No, no. That was the night that That's me and Brian awesome. met. It was the first time. And then we met at that Samsung. Yeah, and then we oh. met. Then well, we so met no, he said he'd seen you on Big Time Rush. And this was before Big Time Rush. Um. Oh, you know, maybe it was during Big Time Rush. No, it's during. It could be. Yeah, it was during Big know. Time Rush. Yeah, yeah. You took yeah. that kind of shit gig for Money Hoffman. Would... <sighs> I don't know. I was trying my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Be- you have to remember between first season and second season oh, of Big Time Rush, yeah, there was true. one year. There was on. one year between seasons that yeah. first year. So anyway, that's true. That's a nice. We might have still oh, yeah. been performing at video stores. Back <laughs> yes, then, we probably we were. You bet. Yeah. Uh, Mike, where can they find you in the world? Oh man, yeah. my Twitter's great. It's uh, at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. 
<laughs> I love it. I like that. It's so great. Yeah. Um, Brian over there on the microphone. Brian, pop in. Yes, hello. Um, how are you feeling? Are you, are you okay? Are you angry at me <laughs> that I set you up on a date with this girl that you haven't met yet? No, it's she seemed really nice. And, she is very uh, nice. Very I sweet just, girl. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm really ready to date. I think she'll but... make sex with you. I think oh, she'll do well, it. Then, uh, all right. She's very pretty and she got a great singing voice. Uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me um, at Never Funny on Twitter. Is that really? Yeah. Really? How'd you lock that in? God, that's a, that's a good that. one, actually. I've been, uh, I've been on Twitter since 2009 and I have fewer than 100 followers. <laughs> oh my God, Brian. I <laughs> We're going to get you so over much. 100 followers by We're the end of this episode. We're doing this. You better believe it. Matt, where can they find you in the world? Uh, you can just go to funnymat.com and find links to everything there. Or if you don't like what I had to say today, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Okay. Huh. Terrific. Well done. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, to the Nighttime Show podcast on iTunes and share it and leave comments on the uh, iTunes page. Um, I'm at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All By the way, fun Never Funny's up to 99 followers now. Whoa! I'm, I'm number 99. I'm going to do 100 when we get off yeah, here. Oh, Triple do digits. There we go. We're, gonna, we're getting out of 100 today. For <laughs> Scrummy Wumples. I love it. Is your name on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Don't forget to check out uh, Movie Storks yeah. uh, coming to theaters yes. uh, September 23rd. And with, the live nighttime show. Yeah, and the live nighttime show. Yeah, the uh, the live nighttime show in this month, uh, August, is uh, the 27th. 27th. And I believe the 20, September 24th. Yeah, September, September 24th is the uh, September show. So the These day are, after Storks comes out. Yeah, the right. day after Storks comes out. So go see Storks and then come and see the nighttime show. And uh, Storks, we got uh, Jennifer Aniston, Andy Samberg, Keegan Peel, Kelsey Grammer, Danny Trejo, and uh, me. It, look, it looks you know? funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then for and nighttime polarizing show. Polarizing you, apparently. Polarizing. polarizing <laughs> very polarizing. He's very polarizing. Why is Stephen doing the most annoying voice you've ever heard? <laughs> it's really great. Which it's looks really funny. Though. It looks so yeah. funny. It looks no, good. It's ridiculous. Um, and then nighttime show is ridiculous. Uh, the, the lineup for this month is uh, Andy Kindler, Jimmy Pardo, Tom Wilson, Jerry, Jerry Bednob, Bednob, Kate Quigley. Kate Quigley and then uh, Rob Zabrecki, the magician, is our closing act for the night. Magic act. Yeah, and yeah. then you know September is going to be even more insane. And by the way, last month our show sold out so damn hard it was there was such, a line down the block there was a line down the block brian it was uh, completely sold out we had to turn away like 30 to 40 people wow. who were waiting and it was yeah. the, probably the greatest thing uh, i've ever experienced i was in the box office and i go can you guys get these two girls in there friends of mine and i promised them they could come in and the girl goes steven the showroom is sold out there's the, we th- none of these people are getting into the room and I went, yeah, yeah, but can we, can you just, can you squeeze something? And she goes, Stephen, it's, it's done. Yeah, we've already done that. <laughs> we've, none of these, these people have to go home. <laughs> it was so great. Like, as like someone who like, I'm always nervous that we're not going to get people to come to the show, but yeah. thank God we're at the Hollywood Improv, which is like yeah. the most beautiful, classiest comedy yeah, club is. in Los Angeles. It's, great. it's such yeah. a beautiful place. And we get to record our podcast here. Brian. Yeah. I so can't thank you enough. Come to the nighttime show, but thank come you. early. Okay. Yes. Yes. good. Brian, you're so cool. Awesome. We're, yes. thank I, you, know, Brian. I know we like barely scratched the surface and there's so much more fun stuff to talk about, but thanks for coming and hanging out with us. And, thanks uh, for having me. You're the best. And uh, thanks for checking out the nighttime show. Yeah. Love you. Peace.